Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a man tripping on psychedelics, Jay. And joined as always is my co-host, the upright coyote that just said his name, date of birth, and July 23rd, 2053, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Pretty good. You ever have that? You know, a good old skinwalker telling you when you're going to die? Frankly, I've never met a skinwalker. Uh, you're but missing I out there. I appreciate the reference. Uh, I hope that's not offensive to our native listeners. <laughs> I've never even considered that, frankly. Let's hope not. Listeners or that they'd be from native reservations in America. I didn't consider that skinwalker could be offensive. I don't know. Because the memes. There's so many memes. I just didn't think of it. There's so many memes. Well, why would you? I, I think that, Jack, frankly, I feel the people online too eager to meet a skinwalker. I, I um, think if you met a skinwalker, he'd eat your skin and wear it. He'd wear it and walk around it. Yeah, as far as I understand, that's what they're about. So yeah, I'm not so eager to meet one. People's like, oh, I want to meet a Wendigo. But like, you don't want to meet a Wendigo, my man. That's Surely that's you don't want to meet a Wendigo, right? Yeah. No. Any demon from the ancient world? No, thank you. Oh my god, Wendigos horrify me. I think if you if you laid eyes upon a fucking skinwalker, it'd be a it'd be a horror bond you're imagining, frankly. I'd be like, ah yes. Ancient horrors beyond human comprehension. Right, so it's not what I'm about, but no, Jack. We're not here to talk about skinwalkers, no, are we? Forget the formalities. We've we've got both to talk about. We're talk about Book of Boba Fett, episode, episode five. five, the return. Oh, spoilers! The return of the Mandalorian. Very aptly named, isn't it? Bit on the yeah. nose, I might even argue. Bit, what do I bit on the nose, very on the nose. And I watched it when he just walks right. Out. I was like, oh, they're just they're, they got right to him. <laughs> just yes. Yeah. I really yeah. thought it was more build up. And I think no. this leads into um. I let's let's talk about this because we talked about slow off pot. I think we should kind of get to it. Yeah, I agree. That um to me, well, I did thoroughly enjoy this episode from beginning to end because I love the Mandalorian. Din's like one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and it's a great show. And I can't wait for season three. I keep talking about it on the show. This episode is not the Book of Boba Fett episode five. This is Mandalorian episode season three episode one. Like there's nothing to do with Boba Fett until like. Two minutes at the end when Finnick Shan shows up. I mean, even then, right? Boba Fett never appears. Yeah, he doesn't appear. Timmy like Morrison him. is not in this episode. Mm-hmm. So when we well, really bring this up mostly is because when I said last week, like, oh, you know, this show's been up and down. We got to wait till episode five to see if they'll like, you know, be consistent. I don't think I can make that call yet because there's no Boba Fett plotline in this episode. <laughs> Indeed. Boba Fett has yet to, if episode six is down, I'm like, oh no, three yeah. good episodes with Boba Fett in it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it should be up, but I do tell you what you mean. So I got I got a couple things to drop on you in regards to this, Jack. So okay. there's like been a the kind of vibe slash rumor whatever that's been going around is that when this show was first announced slash like uh, rumored kind of kind of thing, it was always talked about having six episodes. And in retrospect, right, seven episodes is kind of a weird number because it seems like yeah, TV series odd generally shoot for even numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are thinking that. This episode literally was added late in the day at some point, like kind of kind of moved into it. And obviously, yeah, the, you know, the common theory is that this literally at one point was intended to be an episode from season three of The Mandalorian, which I think is right, yeah. definitely plausible. Mm. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Right. I do think it's kind of weird. And it kind of, um, you know, if nothing else, it detracts from the momentum a little bit of the actual story of the Book of Boba Fett. But I personally don't think. Well, I think, really, I think we have to reserve judgment, personally. But as of the moment, I don't think this is necessarily like a, uh, you know, it's taken anything away from from this season, personally. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I I don't think it's taken anything away. It's just a weird pause. Yeah, 
Because like, like 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 a strange detour, I think. It's yeah, not yeah. Like we're going backwards. We're just going like a weird. Like we're going around and not forward in a, in a sense. I think people's attitudes about it may be coming from the assumption that basically that they like took an episode of the Book of Boba Fett away in favor of this, but I don't think that's the reality. Is is why I'm okay with it. If that was the case, mm-hmm. I would definitely definitely be more critical of it. But yeah, I think going off the assumption that this was added on top of the six episodes they had to tell the complete story of the Book of Boba Fett. I don't think this is that big of a problem, personally. It definitely will remain to be seen. Like, again, until we finish the Book of Boba Fett, and even potentially, you know, until we get underway with the Mandalorian Season 3 to see how that kind of shakes out and starts up. But I, I think, I don't think it's a big, big problem, necessarily. Again, it kind of, we kind of got to see. But my my thing is, so long as the six episodes that we do get in the season that are, you know, strictly about Boba Fett are good, and so long as the beginning of the Mandalorian Season 3 is good, I don't see a big problem, personally. Yeah, I agree. As long as it all kind of works out, but I don't know, and now I just kind of feel like the we're kind of ru- kind of rushed to the end in a sense of Boba Fett because I like I'm like, well, we got kind of just did this whole we kind of not wasted all episode, we kind of spent a whole episode on like a different character and not furthering Boba Fett's plot. So it's like, well, yeah, I don't know. But like I said, it feels like disjointed. If we, ass- I think it's just like the nature of it. If we assume that those six episodes were the six episodes they had all along to tell this. Then I don't think it's a big deal, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, there's a couple little interesting tidbits, like apparently Fennec, or I almost called it Fennec Shand, sorry, uh, Fennec Shand and Boba Fett's actors, so Ming Na Wen and Tamir Morrison, have both said that they were not told until late into the whole process of this season that they were not filming The Mandalorian season three, right? Um, they say that their contracts say The Mandalorian season three that like the whole time they thought they were just filming a season of The Mandalorian, so that kind of leans further like credence to that maybe this isn't maybe, maybe this was kind of like a, a late decision to make this a separate show period right right yeah because i don't know if you remember when the mandalorian season two finale came and then we had the stinger for the book of bofet at the end it was only like a couple days before lucasfilm gave official word but during that time frame people were kind of speculating that maybe this would just be a season of the Mandalorian that was kind of subtitled like, you know, the book of Boba Fett, especially mm. because the show is just called the Mandalorian, which, you know, is a generic enough title that technically what, you know, why couldn't it apply to Boba Fett? Who's kind of Mandalorian. And like people were even theorizing like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe later on we'll get a season of the Mandalorian dedicated to, you know, Bo-Katan who's also, yeah, a Mandalorian and stuff. So I think with all that, again, assuming that the show, the season does finish out strong, I think I think it's not really a big deal. Also, assuming that this episode wasn't literally taken from the lineup of season three in such a way that like season three of the Mandalorian will not have one fewer episodes arbitrarily. That I wouldn't like right. either, obviously. Yeah, I'm, this episode makes me think that I think we, t- we did talk about this pod that the Mandalorian season three might have might have had nine episodes. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we don't want it to have nine. So or like eight and a half, maybe they're like, well, there's not enough to tell the story in a concise enough way without making it bad and skipping things and rushing in certain spots. So if we just give it one to Boba Fett, it kind of all kind of works out in the end, which yeah. I, I think is probably the most likely scenario because what it really gives me is because they uh, show us the Night of a Thousand Tears in the episode with Mandalore. So I'm like, well, they're showing us man like the plan of Mandalore and shit yeah. that's happened. See, so that, they're, they're setting stuff up. That is something for me personally. Now, I guess, I guess the question kind of becomes, is there really uh, a significant worry about, you know, how many people are watching this show and not the other show kind of deal. Because I do have to imagine that the, you know, number of people out there who 
are watching one or the other, but not just both, is relatively low, right? But right, yeah. It's just something to think about that, like this episode is not just you know everyone. Not, it, everyone isn't just calling this an episode of the Mandalorian just because it features Din and not Boba. But like this is essential viewing for the Mandalorian, right? You're gonna need this yeah. clearly, assuming that it, it literally sets up everything. Yeah, there's 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 important plot for that series. So, and obviously, you know, like you can get into it. Well, the Book of Boba Fett is just a spinoff of the Mandalorian, ultimately, right? Like they literally backdoor pilot that in you know in the Mandalorian season two and all. So I don't think it's really a big problem, but it's just something to think about. It kind of reflects the just the general, you know, MCUification of, of, everything. of pop media. This whole like, well, you got to watch everything, you know, that's just the expectation. It's like the yesification from Indeed. Twitter, which I don't necessarily I don't really like that. hate, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think I think it really depends on the property and yeah, because Star Wars and Marvel are certainly properties where that works because it's just a world and it's constant. Like even before Disney bought either of those properties. There were huge universes with books and comics. Mm-hmm. Well, Marvel literally just comics and Star Wars with movies and books and comics and video games. Just kind of makes sense that they would just do the same for all their shows and their streaming service. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see it, but obviously there are other things that people that try to force MCUification yeah. aren't great. And I think I don't think Star Wars really is going to be sorry for that. Like I said, the Book of Boba Fett is a direct spinoff of The Mandalorian as a show to begin with. So and. You know, I don't think that's going to apply to everything, right? We know that the John Favreau, Dave Filoni side of things is creating its own little, like, like micro universe within the Star Wars universe, right? We know that, like, this right. show and The Mandalorian and Ahsoka and and Bo-Katan. not need long. Oh yeah, the Bo-Katan show. I forgot that's happening now. And well, it's not, I guess it's not happening now. But the at one point that Rangers the New Republic show, they were all going to kind of create their own little universe that was going to culminate in something of its own. But I got to mention that other Star Wars shows, like. Obviously, Andor, Obi Wan, Acolyte. Acolyte, and stuff. Those ones are not going to have this focus. Lando, like they're not going to be tied in very closely to these these other shows at all. If I had to guess, so you know, mm-hmm. again, I do think it's probably not a big concern because I got to imagine that almost everyone who is watching the Book of Boba Fett has watched the Mandalorian and and, and vice versa, right? Again, they, it is literally like a direct lead in, in in the same way that you wouldn't fully understand this show if you hadn't watched the Mandalorian to start, right? So, yeah. Again, so long as my, my my thing really just comes down to so long as we got an actual eight episode season out of the Mandalorian season three as well, this feels like a win win. If we didn't, which I really don't, I'm not actually where I really don't think that's what they did, but just just for the sake of argument, if they didn't and they actually took this episode, like literally pulled it from <laughs> the Mandalorian season three and thus unduly shortened it, that I would find disappointing. But I again, I don't yeah. think that's a problem. I think this is just kind of a win win of. We just got a little extra episode and, you know, it made this show a little longer um, and it made and it and it gave them more time. And the other thing we talk about is like chronologically, it just kind of works. Right. Right. Yeah. Because 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 if you do if you do the other way, suppose that, you know, the worst case scenario, I guess, quote unquote, that this is there's only seven in season three now. So there's seven and seven now. So if you take this episode out, so there's six Boba Fett episodes and eight Mandalorian episodes. That means Din shows up in episode five. It would. Mm-hmm. And, that's it. and then we don't know how he got there. He's like, I'm here. Finnick Shan was with me. And then episode one is like a prequel episode. Yeah. Like, well, this is what he did. This is how he was recruited. This was doing every up to Finnick Shen. And then Boba Fett finishes. And then episode two starts. Yeah. So it, it's a bit too. It's a bit jumping around. Mm-hmm. So it is makes more chronological sense to just let it be like Boba Fett. He's in it. And this is what he's doing. And then he's going to do Mandalorian stuff later, probably with Boba Fett. Yeah. Because they thought they were going to do it. Anyway. And again, it 
it also does depend where the next episode goes because people think I, I guess we'll get to touch on this later but people think that maybe the mandalorian is going to have other stuff going on too right again it remains to be seen but i could i could kind of see it both ways again it kind of seems like with those interviews and stuff if you piece this all together it really feels like maybe they never intended this to be its own show like so that could be its own kind of thing i don't know i don't know if like you know mm-hmm. what i mean that that's kind of its own right interesting little nugget that could be out there maybe it'll it'll come out a couple years down the line that like yeah that was just gonna be its own season but we were like yeah may as well i mean it for me i'm all about it because it means we get to you know double dip in the same year right this universe but of course. maybe there was intentionally just gonna be like a, a gimmick of like yeah the mandalorian season three din isn't in it for the first four episodes it's a bit of a bit of a simmer and he's saying i'll just let do both that do stuff and then i'll come back and do more mm-hmm. things so let's get into the actual so let, actual yeah, i was gonna say let's episode. get out the meta stuff in the episode so this episode starts with a bang where he just like i said just shows up immediately and he just uses the dark saber immediately all great things yeah so he walked in that room right and you don't yeah. see the the dark saber on him immediately right he's got the spear strapped to his back he's got the the blaster on his hip but i was worried for a second that he didn't have it i was like me too i was like did he not did he just give it to someone where is did, it did he actually just give it to bo katan what happened there but nah he whipped it out and he started a chopping so i like that he wasn't very good and he hit himself with it i think that's solid that's uh it's the thing everyone's always said, right? Like lightsabers would be dangerous to actually try to wield if you weren't a Jedi, because they're all weightless and things, and you don't really have the the pre- well. I guess I'm not weightless as of this, but you know what I, you know what I mean. Yeah, they're lighter. There's there's just energy. Yeah, it would be. It seems like it would be very easy to cut yourself, and uh, he does. Just fucking burn your leg, and he's limping all around. So, what do we think of the idea that he's back to bounty hunting, Jack? Because I won't lie, that stood out to me immediately. I was like, oh, he's just right back to uh. To doing the bounty hunting, you know, he, he he hits him with a line. He says he says a line. I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Because it feels in a lot of ways like a bit of a regression for his character. Yeah, I yeah, I, I guess I do agree. I think I do see that. It's like well, why would you go back? There wasn't the whole point of the two seasons you were gonna bounty hunt anymore. And I think don't get me wrong. I don't think this is like a plot hole. I feel like people are gonna jump onto that train. You know, we always yeah. talk about like people love overusing that. I that's not what I'm getting for. I do think like it makes sense within the context of the show and like that it was intentional. I don't think they just forgot about his development. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, right? <laughs> we developed the character. Oh fuck, god. I think this was this is important to to his his journey here. Is that now that Grogu's gone, he's kind of reeling and he's lost his moral compass, and so now he's he's just returned to what he knows for at least a period. Yeah, that's I definitely agree. That's what I guess come out of. I kind of got where he's like, well. I ain't got Grogu anymore. I did my quest, so now I don't have to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. I should go back being like a weird culty Mandalorian. And then that kind of ties into when he goes to the Star Wars Halo that they have. Yeah, so that, that was cool, right? Obviously, yeah, that, that was a, a lot thing. of people's first reaction is to say it's one of the Halo rings, right? I actually, yeah. Jack, I don't know. This, this is a deeper cut. I think it's much more reminiscent, actually, when you when you actually look at it, to the spaceport from Treasure Planet. I've never seen Treasure so in, Planet. Okay, so in Treasure Planet, it's, it's like a relatively minor scene in, towards the beginning, but they go to the spaceport, it's like a space station shaped like a moon, like a crescent moon, which I think this one is more so, right? I don't think this is this is a complete circle, is it? It didn't seem like yeah. it, but I don't, they don't give you a full shot. It's always kind of like, you see most, like half of it mm-hmm. at one time, but not all of it at once, I don't think. To me, it's more like that because it's like an industrialized surface, like it's all buildings and, and like metal and planet, or like, yeah, like buildings and structures and shit. Whereas like Halo rings are covered in landscape like they're just like forested forested and shit so i think this is more like that personally is like the 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 spaceport from treasure planet but it's a very cool location it's it's, it's very fun for star wars it feels like something that we should have seen by now but anyways yeah i would have thought they would have pulled from halo eventually i mean they already 
copy Dune, <laughs> I guess, a little bit. I'm just, I just mean in general, like, it seems like a, a very Star Warsy thing. I don't think it stands out or anything. We have, no, there's good. the Rings of Kathreen. You remember those from uh, Rogue One? It's like a location that we are in for like one scene. Uh, it's where, oh, that's that's where um, Dennis Clydesdale kills that guy at the beginning yeah, of the movie, yeah, right? It's where, it's where Andor assassinates his fucking contacts. <laughs> And it's it just shoots them. It, it it's away. like a it's like two asteroids that are like connected together. It's kind of a similar thing. But yeah, it's it's a cool location. We have a name for it. There's also in the Clone Wars there's a similar kind of structure. So I guess I I don't know. I should take that back, I suppose. <laughs> is there is a location similar to this already. It's called Ringo Vinda. It's from the Clone Wars, which is also like a ring space station, but it's like around a planet. Like it's it's like mm. a it's like an artificial planetary ring kind of thing, you know, like Saturn's got or whatever. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool location. And he's there to meet the uh, the rest of the... The two that are left. The Enclave, they call it, right? Which is just the yeah. fucking the two fuckers. <laughs> it's just the two of them now. <laughs> the, the armor. The and forger. And the other Paz guy. Vizsla. Um, so I was... I, once again, I was kind of surprised to see him here because it feels like a bit of a regression, right? The fact that he went back to these people and is looking for her kind of approval again is a little surprising to me because I... Based off of like how things went in season two of The Mandalorian, I was kind of thinking that um, their next interaction, he would he would kind of be a little confrontational about it. Of like, hey, what gives? Like, you were lying to me. Like, you know, the things that you told me about the way that this all worked isn't isn't exactly accurate. I met the <laughs> the former leader of Mandalore, and she says this is whack. You <laughs> says you guys are a cult. What's up with that, fellas? Call me a cultist. She she was all like real shocked by me. She's like, oh god, not one of these losers again. I was like, I felt really bad. It made me feel bad about myself. I wrote it in my diary. Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> they, I was real sad. They took their helmets off all the time. They had like no problem with it. They're like, you're the weird ones. Yeah. Like you. And I was like, what? What? I can't be weird. I lived on the moon. We, we lived on the moon. That was cool, right? I was a little disappointed by that. That like that's his his first move is to just go back to these goobers. Um, and he doesn't do that at all. Um, he's just like, hey, so uh, Bo-Katan told me you can take your helmets off. And she's like, ah, nah, Bo-Katan. She's she's the bad one actually. And then he's just like, she's, oh, she's actually wrong. Okay. Okay. I guess that's fair. Can you teach me how to use this lightsaber? Um, Cause it seemed like, again, I don't think this is a plot hole. I think this will come up and like, he probably will find his own way of doing things that, that doesn't really follow any of the established kind of, you know, doctrine. Right. I think that his arc as a character will be like, fair enough that there's just different ways of doing things. Right. Right. But as yeah. of right now, I was a little disappointed with that. Cause I was like, yeah, what, who cares what she thinks? His arc in season two was being like, Hey, you don't have to. It turns out maybe that just wearing a helmet isn't the only thing that makes you Mandalorian. Maybe like helping people and like being honorable is kind of more important than just hiding your face from everyone. Yeah, and flame throwing the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that's that's a core tenant of it, I think. And fighting Jedi with shotguns. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Those those four things: helping people, you know, being a good person, flamethrowers, shotguns with Jedi. Yeah, yeah. just the the core four values of every Mandalorian. So turns over his spear. That that I thought was. I was like, "Why are you giving that away? That's that'd be very useful." I didn't mind because he has the dark saber now. It did seem like a bit overkill. It it did kind of feel like in season one, season season two there rather. Sorry, that the spear was just a plot device because he needed a weapon that he could fight Moff Gideon with. A lightsaber with, mm-hmm. yeah. And like the little the detail she gives of like, we don't use Mandalorian steel for weapons; we use it for armor. That was a satisfactory enough explanation for me. Yeah. So he and, and it made sense because she's like, "Well, you can just." You can block lightsabers. Also, you can just kill all the Mandalorians. So why would we let you have a weapon like that? Because if yeah, you're not going to kill any Mandalorians, but someone who likes killing Mandalorians finds it and takes it from you, they can just kill all the Mandalorians. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. It seems kind of wild that you can pierce 
you can pierce Beskar with Beskar. That's not really how that works necessarily. Yeah, no, it's, it's a little bit of a fire versus fire situation. But, you know, it's like fantasy logic, so may as well. And so yeah. they do a flashback, right? They do the classic armor flashback because in season one, every time he went to the armor, he had a traumatic flashback. <laughs> Except <laughs> this time, it's not a it's not a personal traumatic flashback. It's a traumatic flashback to the whole planet being killed by the Mandal or the Empire. So it's kind of the thing that we've been like not super certain about since you know season one when when the lore has been established so this is the first real look of it we we see the the great purge happen the night of a thousand tears and it's pretty pretty full on they got those robots from rogue one count all those yeah, people they're doing like a count the straggle. they're doing like a terminator basically they're like the terminators from the future in, in the film terminator <laughs> from the hit film terminator yeah. oh wow and uh they blow up that that dome which is just like the capital of mandalore that whole city is just reduced to that, like Ash. rubble that was full on yeah. um, which kind of makes sense that like you know the mandalorians are sick and all but nobody nobody can stand up to the full might of the imperial war machine is kind of the idea there yeah and they get rid of everybody who could stand the threat because the mandalorians team with the rebels mm-hmm. they'll probably get a good up on them so you just destroy everybody who could possibly be a threat exactly. to you and like i don't i don't personally care for the armor's attitude about it she kind of victim blamed him <laughs> she's like yeah well bo katan sucked so they kind of deserved it and i was like Golly, are we sure? <laughs> the curse of the Mandalore brought these space Nazis to yeah. us. So without her, we wouldn't have space I don't know Nazis. About all like, of that. Fella, I don't know if that's true. I hope they address that because I can't imagine that the that we're actually meant to just like take that as face value, right? That it was a real curse because they didn't fight enough. Like, surely that's not the message the show wants to. Because <laughs> she didn't no. earn the weapon in combat. I don't know. It also doesn't, you know. It all the, the other thing about like the Mandalorian lore that we're not super clear on is like. It never addresses the fact that Bo-Katan was ruler before that, too. During the Clone Wars, she she took control of Mandalore for a while. Or, like, a day or two before the 66 happened, but... Right, yeah. I don't know. I, I hope we get a little bit more. Like, that was obviously a good a good look, but there's still a little bit of fuzziness we have as far as the, the Mandalorian timeline in, in Star Wars. And because the other kind of thing is, like, if it was so complete as... Uh, the armor suggests like the destruction of the Mandalorians and that the only survivors were on the on Concordia there then like how many Mandalorians could there even be right yeah like what kind of states the planet in well like so in Rebels it establishes that maybe the the majority of Mandalorians do not live on the planet right Cause, so like right. the thing is Mandalorians have always been this like warlike civilization right and so they have an entire sector of space that they've colonized called mandalorian space where they have colonies and they have moons and they have like concordia and they have conquered dawn and they have the planet that sabine's family is from and all this and they have all these houses and and clans it's very much like like a game of thrones sort of uh setup right where they have like different areas so presumably not every one of those planets were raised but you know the, the armor seems to want din to believe that the only surviving mandalorians were on concordia so i really don't know um Maybe maybe Din just doesn't know about the colonies. They just didn't teach him that. Yeah, yeah. Really. Hopefully, we get some details about that at some point too. It's like Din's specific kind of background because it does seem weird that the the stuff he isn't isn't aware of. Well, there's there's always my friend always makes this joke to me about it that uh, Din is a person in Star Wars who doesn't know he's in Star Wars because he's like, what are Jedi? What are you what are you talking about? What's all this stuff? Yeah. But and even both it's like, dude, how do you not know all this shit? What are you are you stupid? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Your ship just blew. Up. What's going on? So I I do hope, like you said, that he goes to Mandalore and he learns all this stuff and he's like, oh, this is how everything is. Armor, you kind of lied to me, bro. What's up with that? Yeah. Again, because some of the most Mandalorian 
Mandalorians we've ever seen in, in Star Wars do not follow his silly rules, right? And again, yeah. it seems like it's it's very it, it is still unclear because you know his training did begin before this purge, right? Most of his his training, right? Because he was found he was a foundling during the the Clone, the Wars, Clone Wars, right? So he had at least a little bit of time before the Clone Wars ended, and then Mandalore fell under Imperial rule and all this. Like he says, he trained on Mandalore, so it's not you know I don't know. There's there's some fuzzy bits because you know we know that during that time all the Mandalorians didn't act like that. Again, we had you have like Sabine and her family, and you have Bo-Katan and all of them. Like they they took their helmets off and shit. They didn't have these weird rules. And like it seems to we know that he was brought in by the Death Watch. And the specific like subgroup he belonged to was called the Children of the Watch, which obviously seems to suggest Death Watch still. But like, so was Bo Katan. Mm-hmm. Like, she was the leader of Death Watch at the end there. So it's not it's not super super clear. Hopefully, if he ever makes this pilgrimage to uh, Mandalore, that seems to suggest that we'll, we'll get some answers, right? That's right, what yeah. happens here, right? So he loses his or he wins his little duel. So he gets to keep the dark saber. Paz Vizsla does not become uh, in charge because he's a real he's a big dumb jerk. <laughs> And he's like, it's my, my, actually, my ancestor 10,000 years ago made this lightsaber. It's like, how could you really know that, though? I mean, that's the lore. What's the established lore, Jack? Yeah. I guess that's he true. Is, I'm just saying, like, he is called Paz Vizsla, he, so. That's close enough, I guess. Close enough to what? Like, know. his family name is Vizsla. He seems to be from the, he's probably like a distant cousin or something of pre-Vizsla from the Clone Wars, right? I guess, so I'm just saying, like, after 10,000 years, you wouldn't actually, after even 100 years, I doubt you'd even remember that. I mean, that they kept the name, as well as so. I guess unless someone, unless someone on the line just lied, changed their name, which you know wouldn't put it past him either. But he's got that going for him at least. Um, but then again, like you could put him against him because his ancestor or like his distant cousin, whatever tar- uh, whatever Prevessel was to him, is the one who lost it in the first place and allowed Mandalore to fall to ruin. So, so really, it's on him. Do you really? His clan sucks. Kind of. And it's no good. It's kind of what I'm saying. But so he he reveals that he had taken off his helmet. And again, this is kind of what I mean. Like I thought that was a growth moment for him in season two. Like. He's like, you know what? I will take off my helmet because it's it's more important to me than this silly rule. But then he's like, guys, I'm real sorry about taking off my helmet. How do I fix it? How do I fix it? It's like, I got a little mind. So you got a little mind's Mandalore. And she's like, he's like, they're all gone. And she goes, God, that sucks, buddy. I guess you got to leave forever. Right. The Mandalorian or the armor tells him he has to go to uh, the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore or whatever the fuck. What does she say? <laughs> Some of that effect. Some, I think I think literally that. Um, it's a water, yeah, in the, somewhere in the mine of Mandalore. Fucking Paz Vizsla calls him an apostate. <laughs> um, okay, I got it right here. According to Creed, one may only be redeemed in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. So he's got to go there, but Mandalore is ruined. So yeah, the old mines are destroyed. Presumably, I, I, I'd be interested to know, because part of the lore of Mandalore is that even before the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears there, Mandalore was already a desolate hellscape from generations of armed conflict. The reason that they have those domes is because those domes were the only places on the planet that could support life anymore. You needed to live in those biodomes because the rest of the planet was lifeless and barren. So, oh jeez, it'd be interesting to know if like this is from that war or just like the generations of conflict prior to that that their uh, that the living waters are all ruined and their mines are destroyed. So I don't know. It seems like that's probably something he's going to get up to in season season three of his show, probably right. Oh yeah, get some get some healing baptism water to yeah. Go visit the living waters. People, people are theorizing that like he could find some stuff there. Um, I saw someone theorize that maybe he'll find a living mythosaur and then ride it. That'd be pretty sick. Oh, that'd be sick, just like that puppet man said. Yeah, your ancestors rode the mythosaur. Right. Cool, the Ugnaught. Yeah, because like in canonically, all the all the uh, 
mythosaurs have been killed because they like killed them for sport to like show how cool they were like the dragons in avatar or something so uh yeah so then he's like all right i guess i gotta go to tatooine to get a new ship so i gotta ride i gotta ride this the space greyhound bus <laughs> indeed tatooine real quick and he has to turn over all his weapons that's that's always a fun little trope isn't it when they have to yeah, disarm it just keeps going with all their various guns and get the rope and he puts a dark saber in there that's pretty fun. I thought that was gonna. I was kind of worried that that was gonna be a thing. Somebody was gonna nab the dark saber from his space luggage. <laughs> like, no, my space luggage stolen. Luckily, it did That's not. What, I was thinking that too. I, I really was like, is this gonna be a plot point where he's got he's gonna find Bo-Katan season three and she's gonna be like, "Where's the dark saber?" And he goes, "Actually, funny thing, lost it in space luggage." <laughs> so I'm sorry my about space that. luggage. Sorry about that, Bo-Katan. I guess it's gonna be Queen of Mandalore or something. <laughs> but then he he flies to Tatooine and he meets um, what's your face? His mechanic I friend. Know. I don't know her name. I don't remember it either. Whoa, you don't remember her name? Whoa. Uh, um, and she, she's got a new ship for him. A replacement for the Razor Crest, but it's not a new Razor Crest, as he had hoped. It's a Naboo no. N1. I was very surprised to see that. I was like, holy shit. What Me a, too. I was very excited. It is one of my favorite ship designs. It, definitely in the prequels, maybe in all Star Wars. I think it's great. I think it's a really cool idea. I think. Oh yeah, it's very cool. It probably pushes the line just barely. I mean, like at this point, I don't even think about it because it's just part of the, you know, part of the Star Wars universe to me at this point. But it sort of it sort of pushes the envelope of like how sleek and stuff you you make a ship in Star Wars, right? And like mm-hmm. that's the whole Naboo aesthetic in, in general. But you know, so much of Star Wars is about like this the the rugged lived in feel of the universe and everything so having just like a sleek fancy starship like those it's definitely you know kind of a departure but i think i think it works for the most part i think it's a great design i've always liked it oh yeah it's very neat and uh um, I, we I remember we were talking about last week like well maybe give them a new race to crash our new ship for you know marketing now mm-hmm. they've definitely given them a new ship because they can sell that ship again and not pin it oh yellow. yeah oh yeah they can sell it again baby and that's that there's been a billion posts on like reddit and Twitter and stuff already about how people are like, when do I get the Lego set of the new ship? I will say, Jack, I don't know about you personally. So I think it looks cool. Obviously, all the all the details they've added on all the, you know, the customized, tricked out nature of it, the bigger guns and the different engines and all that. Um, but personally, I do not like I don't really love the plain metal look. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's plain metal, but there's also some like yellow kind of left behind. Yeah, he left Why a little couple little yellow streaks for whatever reason just get the streaks away if you're sanding the metal down yeah that's how that's kind of how i feel personally like and maybe i I think i do think it's meant to reflect din maybe right because he still has un unpainted armor right so like it's probably reflective of that but i also think that's got to change sooner or later i i I do still hold out hope that some some point he's going to get his armor painted uh because to me it just feels barren and like I think it's a symbolic thing, you know, like every other Mandalorian we've ever seen has painted armor and it's reflective of like your clan and your house and stuff. So maybe it's, you know, it's about how he hasn't gotten there yet, but I right. do, I do hope he does at some point. And, uh, I, I would like that ship to get painted too, because honestly, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's also, it's also a little boring if you ask me to just have a yeah. plain silver ship. It's cool in the beginning, but then mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't want to stare at this shiny ship with this guy who looks exactly the same in it. Yeah, but, uh, and again, whenever they paint it, they can um they can charge us again because they, oh, they yeah. can charge us for the new ship and the new the new action figure of Din with the new paint and everything. It's just it you know all the way around really. Yeah, they'll probably they probably won't. You probably won't paint it till the end of season three. So by the time that happens, they'll already have this ship out in the silver. Oh yeah, like actually, guys, now we can make it in the new color. Now you can have both. But it is a cool. It's I also think that like the ship that it being a, a an N one like that. 
is in its own right symbolic for his character here because as they point out obviously it's a big departure from the razor crest right it's this tiny like very fast nimble starfighter it isn't a gunship like the razor crest was and it does not have room for like bounty hunting right it's not really a bounty hunter's kind of ship is it um there's no, no like cargo area for storing bounties which i think is very intentional because he's not going to be a bounty hunter again i, I think, I think can't, unless, he, he can't, unless he just finds a carbonite person just strapped into the back of the ship or gets a trailer just tows it around yeah just, tow, like, just like a starship trailer get like a hitch it's like oh fellas i got this trailer i'm dragging around space so i think that's symbolic in its own way of like hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kidnap people for money anymore <laughs> um <laughs> because there's no room for them in my ship <laughs> this one doesn't have a trunk, room fellas if i had room in my ship i would kidnap so, i would capture so many people for money no more uh bringing them warm or bringing them cold or whatever <laughs> You can't bring him anywhere. I think it's too small. I think I'm going to stop kidnapping slash murdering people for money. <laughs> Not even criminals. Just like in some in some cases, just innocent people. Just whoever. What did that guy from season one ever do? The guy, the guy from the first episode we kidnapped. What was that about? Who knows? Probably nothing. Probably not anything important. That guy just wanted to get yeah. home for life day to see his family, if you recall. And nope. Oh yeah, he did. He just wanted to go home for Christmas. He's like, actually, buddy, no Christmas for you, fella. <laughs> no, no space Christmas for you. Because I want money. <laughs> I want money, and they f- so yeah, they fix it up. It's a fun little montage, yeah. Oh yeah, I liked it. It was people were fixed. people were very glad that she's got a BD one droid or a, a BD unit droid of some kind, which the one is running around. Yeah, it's like the one from uh, Jedi Fallen Order, obviously, like BD one from Fallen Order. But he's got a different paint job. It's not literally BD one. People people were I think take, making a little too much out of that, but it's just cool to see him in live action. He does the thing from the game where he like projects. You remember he like, he like projects yeah. that uh that was pretty cool yeah where, so the, that, where the piece goes yeah so that was that. pretty cool that was that's that's accurate to lore so good work doing i like the, the, on that the Jawa stuff oh the Jawa stuff is good i like that i kind of thought sure. maybe the way that they were going to cross over at one point i thought there was a bit of a i thought it was going to come to play that like when she's when he's like hey where do they get the parts and she's like i don't know they just kind of find him <laughs> i thought maybe what was going to happen is that they were going to bring him apart from like the slave one and then both that was going to be like hey <laughs> Give that back. You guys stole a part from my ship, and then I'll be like, oh, wait, it's you. Hey, you want to give me a hand while you're here? <laughs> while you're here, while you, you've, you've stolen my engine. I kind of thought maybe that's what happened, but not you quite. stole my alternator belt. I'm going to need that back, but <laughs> yeah. also help me kill these uh, pikes real quick. Those Jawas, man. I don't know. I really think they'd be hard to deal with. I don't I think you'd enjoy them. living with Jawas. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that's an option, but. Yeah, that was very. She's like, I dated one, very furry. And the other Jawa, I assumedly asked her, ask her out on another date. And she's yeah. like, I'm working on myself right now. I was like, what is what's ha- what is didn't think is happening? These are like, what's going on? They stole from a Pike ship. They're like, yeah, they just yeah. stole from a Pike one that was refueling. It's like that's pretty funny. Why? That's insane. I really do think like maybe you know I guess they're like indigenous or whatever. So good on them, but it'd be really hard to live with the Jawas. It feels like. No, just, I mean, like we saw it. in season one of the Mandalorian, they'll just, they'll just strip your ship bare <laughs> and leave yeah, it. Yeah, you're even when you're standing ten feet away. If, they, if you don't see them, they'll just do it. It's tough. It, it'd be annoying for sure. Yeah, and they got that big giant, sh- uh, I don't know, sand crawler thing they ride around in, so you can't yeah. really get it back. Yeah, just a big fort, rolling fortress of a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it would suck. It'd suck. But uh, they fix it up, and he takes it out, and we we see the the captain Bella from. Season two of The Mandalorian, whose gosh, whose name I also am blanking on. Really letting the side <laughs> Mr. Star Wars fan. So the the mechanic I found, her name's Pelimoto. Is is her name? She's back. I, I, I can't remember. She was in 
She made like a brief cam- background cameo in episode three of this show, so that's kind of fun. Did she? Yeah, I pointed out to you. She was like walking when, when um when Boba goes into Mos Eisley to pay the or to retrieve the payment from the Pikes. Um, you can see her walking in the background with a couple of her droids. Oh, I didn't even notice that. But yeah, so he gets pulled over by the cops again, <laughs> and the cop is like, "Hey, is it? Are you?" Are you that guy who had that razor crest? He's like, mm, must be thinking of someone else. You must be thinking of a different Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> the different Mandalorian with the exact same armor as me. Uh, but yeah, not. And then he zooms away. He zooms away. And then in classic, classic, uh, little com- maybe a little commentary, cop fashion, they're like, well, we don't want to do the paperwork for this, so we'll pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's pretty fun. So the, the guy, Carson Tevis, his name, by the way, is that captain. So if you remember, like, they've had this progression of the pilots, the New Republic pilots in, in this show. So. In the Mandalorian season one, there was that scene with um, it was Dave Filoni and also two of the other directors from season one of the Mandalorian. Remember them? I don't. I I don't actually. What so it, it's that? the episode where he teams up with Bill Burr and does some crimes. I remember when they bring these guys they, prison. and then they track him back and they track him back to the the space station where all the criminals are and they're like, "Hey, you're under arrest or whatever." And then they get into and they like blow up the space station, or whatever. And it is um, they're the pilots are. Portrayed by uh, Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, and Rick uh, Famayua, who are like three of the directors. Deborah Chow is now right. doing the whole, um, she's doing the whole Kenobi show and all. So, Oh, I, I do remember that scene. That and then, said. so then Trapper Wolf, who's the Dave Filoni one, he, re- he reappears in season two alongside Carson Teva. And then Carson Teva's in a later episode, and now he's back again. And the guy who was with him in this episode is the body double they used for Luke. Wow. Oh. In season two, so that's that's kind of fun. It's his own little it's cameo. Fun. Um, so yeah, and he blasts off. That was a fun moment. Oh yeah, because they're like, he's like, oh my god, how do you jump to light speed? He's like, those are just his sub light thrusters. Kid, he's <laughs> going dummy fast. He's just stupid quick. He turned on the nitro, <laughs> and then he just then he just zooped back around. He's like, well, I actually got to go back to the planet I was just at. Let me yeah, turn I did, around. I did kind of think about that. I was like, wonder, wonder, wonder if they saw him on the return. They must have, because he has to come back. I mean, space is omnidirectional, but they're probably doing patrols. Um, and then well, that's kind of the end, right? Yeah. So Fennec Shan yeah, meets up with him, and he's gonna help out. But he says help before him. before he goes, before he goes to help him out, he's got to visit a little friend. So what do we think about that, Jack? I, I see. I didn't. I'll be honest. Not my favorite part of the episode because I was like, are really doing the like? Well, now doing the classic. Like, to talk about like we said earlier, the marvelization, mm-hmm. just like. I gotta go meet Bornko. Very much felt like that. I I was like, I hope that's not just. I hope he's not. I was just going to find Cobb Vance or something. Like he's staying on Tatooine well, and not leaving the planet. I'm not gonna lie, Jack. Let me tell you. I thought my first reaction was Cobb Vance too. But then, in retrospect, a lot of people obviously a lot of people's first reaction was Grogu. Which, that was honestly my first reaction. I was like, little friend. I was like, it can't be Grogu. It's got to right. be. Right. Which kind of makes more Cobb sense. Man. Yeah, because he said little friend, I think. I was like, oh, that makes more sense than my thing. I don't know why I assumed that. I guess I, I guess because I thought, like, it seemed too early. Again, I, it, really, it really does make you wonder. Because, again, if we if we do, like, go with the assumption that, hey, maybe this was always supposed to just be a, a kind of departure. But it was really always meant to be the Mandalorian kind of vibe. I don't then maybe it does make sense that he would go f- visit him next episode. But at the same time, it's like, well, if we have a, a some significant runtime of next episode de- par- devoted to Din going to wherever the hell Luke's school is and like hanging out with Grogu and Luke for a minute, 
that's yeah. that is really is going to start to detract from the overall story i think here so i oh, i don't yeah. know well, yeah was he already going to give him his little shirt he made for him like his little metal armor he made which was fun i didn't we didn't mention that when we were talking about yeah was back that was cool i like that he made a little, little suit for him i did is that also you think like, it is you think it's like a a male shirt or something well he said it was armor for Grogu. yeah no i know i'm just you know it could be whatever I, yeah i think i think it's like his little i don't think it's like a helmet or anything because he's got those big dummy ears i think it's I, like a chest plate i kind of thought it, i mean it's such a tiny bag i am was kind of assuming it would just be a necklace again or something but i don't know that's true it's such a small bag even for grogu that would i don't know if yeah. that could be a full shirt but i guess i don't really know who knows? I did like in that scene, I know we're jumping a little far back I mentioned before, but um, when he's like, can you make this for Grogu? And she's like, well, that's not what Jedi do. She's, he's like, well, that's the opposite of the creed. Like, we're all about family and shit. We're all yeah. about Vin Diesel, Fast and Furious kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, cool. I guess, I'll still, I guess I'll make it then. <laughs> I guess that convinced her. Weird that didn't convince her with that. And it seemed, it was like, that. that's it. She like was like, that's not what they do. And he's like, but that's what we do. She's like, I mean, fuck, he's right. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really kind of was assuming that Grogu wouldn't be around for, like, a whole season of The Mandalorian kind of thing. So did I. At least. I feel, like, I feel like Din has to... They both have to be in different places. It, in doesn't, lives. it doesn't feel like it means as much if he's just back right right away, right? And yeah, obviously, everyone's pointed out that the, uh, you know, replacing the droid slot with a little bubble dome feels like it's custom made to fit Grogu in there, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, definitely. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, that's definitely just for Grogu. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it seems like it really hasn't been that long. Like, he's like, I want to go visit Grogu, make sure he's safe. That's nice and all, but surely he's got a lot of training to go before we ever can just bring yeah, him back again. If yeah. ever. Like, I don't know. He, he might just be, you know, he might be walking a different path. So, I don't know. I really, I'm really kind of on the fence. I, I guess, again, we'll have to reserve for next week to see. But if next week is as... It's been rumored to be. And and if you remember, there has been rumors that Luke would be in this show the whole time. And obviously this would be a pretty, uh, you know, I guess a better reason than than most people's ideas of like, if it's, if Luke's appearance is just like Din visiting the Jedi school to hang out with him for a minute and, I don't know, take Grogu and a ride on the ship for a while. Yeah, um, show him around on for Father Sunday. That's as good as anything, but like, it does feel like that really would start to be detracting from the Boba Fett plot. Um, yeah, very much so. Then again, like, you know, this could be a setup that is then paid off in season three, right? So, like, maybe next episode that won't happen. Maybe next episode we'll just have Din be like, all right, guys, I'm here to, I'm, I, I did my visit and I'm here to, here to help out. But, like, then we see that visit play out in, in season three, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and like a flashback when Pokotan's like, where's that little baby fuck you had? Mm -hmm. You got that back? He's like, actually, flashback time. Yeah, because it, yeah, I, I would hope that's what happens. Um, if he doesn't go get Cobb Vance, which I think, because he's his little friend. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, it really didn't compute for me. Maybe I'm just a moron, but I didn't <laughs> even think of it. I was just like, oh, Cobb Vance probably, right? Sick. Cobb Vance is a short man. He's a tiny, it's <laughs> not as tall as Pedro Pascal's body double, right? Surely. Right? Maybe. Maybe. I just uh, still think that's going to happen, though. I hope Cobb Vance returns, because it just makes sense. It makes it makes more sense than anyone. or It makes as much sense as anyone, really. Right? Yeah. Din is here, right? He knows him. May as well go pick him up. As he's he's equally as likely as Bosk or whoever, surely, right? Yeah, yeah. Or Dengar or whoever the fuck. Max yeah. Rebo with a gun, as we've said. Yeah, and because he, he knows him, so like, 
yeah, it just kind of makes sense. He's a swell guy and all. They wanted to meet. He's nice. So. He, he just gave him back his arm. He's like, here's the armor. No, no problem. I feel like we didn't have as much of an in until now because of Din being in there. Because at first, that was kind of a thing of like, yeah, would Boba Fett really go to him? But Din would because Din knows him. So it makes sense that yeah. Din would be like, oh, we need some muscle. Let's go. Let's go talk to my buddy. The guy who used to wear your armor. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, I, I definitely think your theory is probably the most plausible because he's like, because uh, he's especially because he's like super on board. Fink Chan's like, here's money. He's like, actually, I'll just do it for free. You know, it's on the house for Boba, we're buddies. Mm-hmm. If he helps me, if you guys also come with me and we fight a war on Mandalore, yeah, you guys just do that for me real quick. You, you know, a little bit of I, I scratch your bag, you scratch mine kind of deal, huh? A little bit of, I kill the, we kill all the pikes, and then you, we also go and we take over Mandalore. You know, a little bit of... We go fight Grand Admiral Thrawn, you know? <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? What do you, you guys, guys up for it? Those are comparable in, in scope, surely, right? In scope and consequence. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to rule this city. I want to rule the entire uh, Mandalorian sector of space and, nice. and unite our people as Mandalore. What do we, we think? We cool with that? What, what do we think about that? And pick up my Yoda son, my Jedi son, and have this light, and he'll have a lightsaber, and I'll have a lightsaber. We'll both have lightsabers. It'll be, both that'll be so much fun. And people are joking that next episode, if he does go visit Luke, and he'll be like, all right, Grogu, it's been nice seeing you. I gotta, I gotta go back, help out my, uh, my friend Boba Fett. And then Luke will be like, what? <laughs> that guy? Pardon? I thought he was, I thought he was dead. I, I thought for sure I killed that fucker. <laughs> he's like, no, no, he's a good guy. He's a crime lord now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right? Guy, no, but wait, he's turned over or Luke, he's turned over a new leaf. He's not a bounty hunter anymore. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you know, I am a Jedi. I do believe in I do believe that people can change and that and there's good in all of us. Yeah, yeah, he's not a bounty hunter. He's a he's a crime lord. <laughs> you know Java's Palace? He's in there now. That's he's Java now. Isn't that great? Isn't that fun? He hired some youths to help him and a Wookiee. <laughs> and a weird gross lizard man. It's so he, much fun. He got oh, Dengar. You know Dengar. No, I don't know Dengar. Nobody knows Dengar. Yeah, but look street. at <laughs> Bosk, you know Bosk? He's horrible. Yeah, we're hanging out with yeah. him in Black Sand. Yeah, yeah, that guy beat you up once, didn't he? Yeah, it's sick. Now we're, we're we're having fun with it though. We're Maybe we got a new rancor if you come and visit. You know, just like old times, we'll drop him in the pit. Maybe you can tussle with that rancor in the pit. Maybe, huh? Well, what do you think? Would, would that be something you'd be interested in, Luke Skywalker, Master Jedi? Oh, hey, yeah. young Kylo Ren. I'm sure you'll do nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke people were making as well. We'll see, like, four-year-old Kylo Ren stomping around. Just, like, ter- just like hold- swinging a squirrel around in, like, a circle. <laughs> yeah. He's just, like, I, that'd be fun. Fun. <laughs> He's just, like, a menacing toddler. But everyone's just ignoring the very obvious signs. Yeah. Luke's like, man, he's real strong in the force. I guess I'll train him. Like, he's well, like, come on now. He's like ripping cats apart with the force, but they're like, nah, he's probably all right. Probably right. He's just throwing rocks at stray cats. <laughs> <laughs> with the force, though. Like, really yeah. pelting him. Or you find the he's, biggest rocks he can? Like a hailstorm of rocks. It's like, he's just He's forcing the other children to have lightsaber fights with him, where he's just <laughs> dominating them. He's beating the ever-loving shit out of them with sticks and things. He's, he's not even using the lightsaber. He's just punching them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah, just, good times. That's the real show we need, I think. It's just like <laughs> menace toddler Kylo Ren. Just it's just like a it's just like an old timey sitcom. She's like, here's Kylo. Oh, he's just like stabbing something. <laughs> oh, that Kylo. He is oh, that Kylo. At it again, Kylo. <laughs> I'm gonna join the Sith. <laughs> there's a there's a deep and overwhelming darkness within me. Palpatine is still alive. He lives on Mexico. He speaks to me in my dreams. <laughs> oh, that quirky Kylo. I'm going to send you a train with your Uncle Luke. He'll straighten you out. Then we don't have to deal with you. Goodbye now. So do we got much else? 
Jack, what do we think? No, I think we could probably I could take out of that. Overall, very, very good. Well, I guess very let's, good. if you had to rank this episode, Jack, where does it fit in the hierarchy? Uh, definitely number one. And that's that's kind of the rub, isn't it, Jack? A lot of people are saying this is the best episode of the season. But like we said at the beginning of the segment, not really a Boba Fett episode, so it doesn't really count. Boba Fett? Not even in it. <laughs> not even in it. That's a bit of a shame. Again, they say his name once. <laughs> again, I, I, I really am invested now to see this this conspiracy unfold here that we've got, Jack. I really do think there might be something to the fact that this was this wasn't maybe at one point just the Mandalorian and then they were like, Well, we have like two seasons worth of content here. What if we just release one under a different name? Um, because really the more I think about it, like I think that could have been an interesting concept if they just did roll with it being the Mandalorian and Boba Fett or uh, Dan just wasn't in the first like four episodes. That's kind of, you know, that's a fun sort of, uh, yeah, you know, conceit. Shake that's, up. that's a thing that happens sometimes, right? Like that's yeah. not an unheard of concept in, in storytelling. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, Jack, but again, it's good. And it's not, you know, there, there is shows that do stuff like this before, right? It's something of like a, a departure, but there, there are other shows that do things like this where you have an episode follow a different character and stuff. Mm. Get That's their not, point of view on things. Yeah. Again, I guess the big departure is that, like, this truly is an episode of The Mandalorian, and it's got essential lore for that show, where you cannot yeah. watch one without the other kind of thing. This definitely solidifies that, I suppose. Mm. But again, we, we always thought that was the case, because we our theory since the beginning has been that, like, this this is going to dovetail back into The Mandalorian, because Dan will be like, I need you guys' help. Right, we're, yeah. We're going to take it back. Um, we're going to do war. You want to do war with me, Boba Fett? Let's you go. Wanna, you want to come be hang out at Mandalore with me? place you've never been place you've never been and they don't really like you very much because you're like a clone of a guy who wasn't actually really a mandalorian but, but you I know think, i really do think that's like gonna be din's journey it's like is is uh kind of what's the word redemption D- there'll, there'll definitely be themes of redemption what's it called like he's gonna like fix the fix the mandalorians oh uh reunification oh yeah that but like Reform. That's the word I was going for. I'll reform. Um, he's gonna like reform the Mandalorians and be like, because he's got all these everyone, every other Mandalorian he's ever met has been a shithead to him about it. Like the ma- the armor is like, yeah, Bo Katan's not a real Mandalorian. They take their helmets off. She's the reason that our whole our country de- descended into chaos and our people are scattered to the the, <laughs> to winds. the winds. And then Bo Katan's like, you're not a real Mandalorian. You're a weird cultist. And then Boba Fett's like, I'm not even trying to be a Mandalorian. Not really. I just got this sick armor. If fellas, I'm just I'm trying to live my life. Bo-Katan's like, you're just a clone. I hate you. Both I think you're being racist right now, I think. You're you're being clonist, I think. I think <laughs> I don't think. care for this. Look, my, it, look, I got a certificate that says I own this armor, Bo-Katan. I suck, you suck, we all suck, and, and fucking Bo-Katan's like, you can't that sword. I needed that sword to be Mandalore. Ah. Ah. He's like, I can give I can give you the sword. And she's like, no. No, it's it's not the same. I have to. You can't just give it to me. It's like, well, what are we doing here, fella? I just want to take my my Jedi son and live off in peace. Yeah. Hopefully, Din's whole thing is going to be like, hey, you guys, you're too you're too fucking grounded in in like tradition and all these these specific rules. Like, we've done nothing but fight for a million years. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we need to change things. Maybe things haven't worked out the first a hundred thousand times we fought each other in all, a civil war. All we've ever done is fight each other and everyone else. Yeah, and once we once we realized the Jedi could also be fought, we were like, let's team up and fight the Jedi. And fight then they the Jedi. They beat our asses because all we do is fight and get fought and get beat up. And, and we fought the Empire and we fought the Rebels and we fought the fucking Republic and we had that civil war. Let's come on, guys. Could we not? Eventually, we got to be tired, right? <laughs> maybe maybe there's a better way forward because like that's what Star Wars is about, isn't it? Finding a new way. 
Indeed. Some, uh, new Indeed. path. This is the way. That it, way um, wasn't the way. This is the way. This one. This one this time, guys? I'm sure of it. It must be. Guys, guess what? You can take your helmets off. That's the way. I've guys, decided. T- honestly, if it gets too hot in there, just take them off. You know, let, let There's you no hear. reason for this. We can't. Bo-Katan. Got, hey, Armor. Have you seen the Clone Wars? I don't know if you've seen guys, this little show. They take their helmets off all the time. It's not even a big deal. They're all about it, Din. It's all right. All right, Jack. All right. So just like just like in Star Wars, Zach, you know how there's good and bad. Bo- Boba Fett, real good Mandalorian stuff. Euphoria. Ooh. Now I didn't like some things in this episode very much. As we it's, get into it, it's quite the episode, I would say. It there's definitely some good, is. definitely some bad. So I would say uh, I just want to add a couple general thoughts I wanted to lay about Euphoria. Okay. And I pr- I will try to never do this again. But I'm just I because I have done it a couple times already. I feel like but. I, I, I'm tired of the discourse, Jack. I hate discourse. I hate it so much. You hate nuance. Back. I hate discourse. You hate nuance. I hate discourse. It's, it's I'm together tired. we're the yeah, attack. That's nuance, what we're all I about hate, here. I hate discourse. <laughs> that's what we're all about here. It's people are. I, I I do think what it is not to be not to be a pretentious guy about it because this, this in my own way I'm about to be but I do kind of think that what's happening here is that it's gotten to the point where it's popular enough where. It it's reached that critical mass where everyone it becomes so popular that it, like it it wraps around and then it's popular to like hate on it and be like that show's not actually that good don't you know right do you, you get right. that vibe you think that oh yeah. yeah I think that's kind of what's happening here here's the thing man the show is not by any means perfect it's probably not a masterpiece or anything but I do think it's an above average show and I think that the production value elevates it even beyond that. Right, I think the writing can at times can be goofy or whatever, but I think it's above average. I think that I really do. Like anyone who says that it's not, it's like I don't. Again, obviously your opinions are your own, but if you're gonna be like, oh, the the writing is terrible, it's like I don't know, man. What 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 other shows do we have? Like most shows yeah. are just painfully meh, right? Oh yeah, most everything aggressively that's aggressively mid, aggressively mid. So like yes, this thing's imperfect, but I do think that it's above average. And I do think that, again, the production values and, and like the directing and the cinematography and, and the costuming and all everything above it, like elevates it. Right. So I do just think it's greater than the sum of its whole. Just because people are talking about it online doesn't mean they think it's perfect. It just means it's coming out as something to talk about. You don't have to be like, hey, that thing you're talking about, it's actually bad. Don't you know? It's like we get it, man. OK. Yeah, we get it. You're interesting and fun at parties. Like we, you're so you're the cool. coolest guy. You're the coolest guy to ever live. Oh like, my god, I, you're so much cooler than me. You're so smart as well. You, you have such breathtaking opinions on things. Clearly, that I could never, I couldn't even conceive of that. I thought I was watching a an enjoyable television program, but no, but you are clearly to, right that to I should you to come, around, come down from the great hills of Mount Olympus itself and to to, to tell me that my show I like is mid and trash. <laughs> oh, I must forsake the show. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. That all being said. Uh, let's get into it. So right. this episode, our opening, our cold open was with Cal's past. Yeah. I thought that was really good stuff. I thought too. It was very interesting because Rue narrates very little in this opening. It's mm-hmm. like maybe five or six. I don't even think six cents, like maybe four or five sentences total. She says, and really that's kind of all you need. Like, it yeah, kind of just, it's more of a, cause unlike most of the, um, intros where it's like a lot of scenes catching up to speed on like big beats. That it's kind of just like a contained scene of like one series of like events spanning over a couple months. Like it's not like Nate's life where it's like he was twelve and he saw his dad's porn and then he was sixteen and he worked out and then he was crazy for his whole life. It's like nope, Cal was 
in a senior in high school, he got a girlfriend and he loved his best friend. Like it was all that's, all together. That's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought of it. You're right. Like most of the other ones, it covers a, a much larger kind of span of their lives. But this one, it really was a self-contained little story. It, it almost played like, I honestly think almost played like a little short film. Like it was really, uh, I think it was really efficient, right? Like it, it conveyed a pretty decent little story. And it made me feel some things and stuff. Like I was like, "Wow, this this is really quite great." Like the kind of the ultimate conclusion of it is really kind of emotional, right? Like yeah. I was like, "Wow, you really do feel for him." And clearly, you get the whole like, and it, it's one of those things where um, I've seen a lot of people. Uh, I know you hate nuance, Jack, but these people really hate nuance. <laughs> oh, and they're like, not possible. They're like, guys, why are they showing? Why are they showing scenes with Nate and Cal? Don't they know Nate and Cal are the bad guys? Why are they trying to justify what they're doing? And it's like. I think people are conflating it a little because I don't. I don't think showing and and I think I think basically there's a difference between justifying or like explaining a character's motives, right? Mm. Like showing them why showing why a character might act or think or feel the way they do is not the same as like implicitly encouraging their actions, right? No, yeah, exactly. This is like that age old thing of like, hey, showing depicting something in cinema. Or any kind of storytelling, for that matter, is not like an explicit endorsement of that behavior. Like, no, this is the thing we've been fighting forever. I feel like, and it's like the whole like banning X, Y, and Z books and and all this, and it's just like it's just the fucking like you know puritanism sometimes, right? Like, oh, this has like violence. It's like, yeah, those are the bad guys. They're supposed to be violent. Like, yeah. you can't convey like racists being racist, and you can't convey like violent people being violent, and you can't convey like. Just bad dudes being bad dudes. Like, what are we doing, right? Yeah, what's even the point of the story? Like, it's like, oh, I can't believe they had the villain of this show call, uh, say, an F-slur to a, a gay person. It's like, well, right. what, what, yeah, he, you're not supposed to like him. He's the bad guy. Exactly. It made you feel bad because that's the point of the thing. Oh, he gets right. defeated in the end he loses? Oh, so they're not endorsing that. Yeah. Did, have you watched a movie ever, you actual fucking simpleton? Like... <laughs> Well, it's like that thing we have, it's, this kind of applies more particularly to like the US where we are very concerned with like nudity and, and language and stuff in our, in our ratings, but like less so for violence. Cause it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. You could, no one bats an eye if you're, if you're, vi- your villain, like, like fucking brutally beat somebody or something or commit some act of like horrible and extreme violence. But it's like, Hey, that wasn't, that wasn't a very kind slur. He just said, was it? <laughs> he wasn't. Like, yeah. It's the villain. Yeah. It- is um, supposed to be doing that? But yeah, I, I I don't think this was going to justify why Cal is the way he is, and like say that it's good and okay and like not a problem, not his fault. But it is like showing, giving you an insight as to why he might act the way he does, and I think that's okay. I think that's like a worthy thing to show. Mm-hmm. Again, like none of the characters in this show are perfect, so yeah, I, I think I think it was valid and it was interesting and it was worth having. Um, and you see, like you know, the way he come out clearly, his father was not uh, definitely not an ally. <laughs> No, not at all. And so you combine that with like, obviously he he kind of was pressured, like you know his girlfriend got pregnant, and that was kind of the end of that. He he had to like buckle up and uh, do the thing, which like I guess you can commend him for that at least. But clearly, it's led to a lifetime of him Wine suppressing that, yeah, suppressing that part of his identity, which has not. Um, it's kind of made it so that like when it does peek through, it's probably not the healthiest ways. Yeah, when it like once it it kind of explodes out of him, mm-hmm. like a pretty insane way so instead of just living a life with his partner with his gay friend who is his best friend who was they were like a actually a couple maybe instead of getting to pursue that he had to like drop it and be married to his wife who maybe he doesn't really like 
Yeah. It's, and it's interesting. It's like, I don't even think it's so much that he's gay. I think he's more bi based I, on. I, no, yeah, we thing. talked about this. I do. I do yeah. kind of agree with that. But I do think he liked his friend more than he likes his girlfriend. Oh, yes. And I think, yeah, I think that that just like long trauma had just kind of festered in him. And then it just explodes with him just being like, I got to go on grinder and just find and record people to mm-hmm. feel like it's just a very just makes him a very interesting character but you know yeah i don't I'm very good uh what else speaking of i just want a little bit of cal later on i'll jump a little episode but cal's in it yeah we'll talk about later him getting fucking when ash fucking just yeah blood, fucking smacks him to <laughs> fucking death of that shock i was like jesus christ they're giving it to him so let's do the cal fest thing yeah so, and this kind of ties back to what we said, like, when we talked about the first season before this season started up with, with the Nate and Fez, and we kind of got that payoff in the first episode, right? Of, these guys are actual criminals, right? Like, Nate's a shithead or whatever, but like, and he does crimes, but he isn't a career criminal. He ain't about it, right? No. It's not his life. And the same thing kind of applies to Cal, right? Like, he's a hard ass that he likes talk, going around talking a big game of, I built this town and I'll fucking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know the I know the police captain. He's a good friend of mine. He's like I don't he care. Fucking I have a shotgun to your head. <laughs> he name drops that guy so much. <laughs> oh yeah. But so he's going around. Just I don't even know what his objective is, frankly. But he just keeps going around their house and their place of business and shit. And so they get fed up, and because you know they're criminals, <laughs> they they're pull a gun on him, and yeah, they're about that life. They bring him in, and they get down to the they get down to the bottom of it, which I kind of appreciate. I think that is something Euphoria is good about. Is it doesn't drag out plot lines unnecessarily. I seem to have a good habit of like getting to them, getting to the meat and potatoes of it sometimes. So they just sit down and like talk it through. And he's like, bro, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're on about. He's like, bro, it's the tape. Oh, you got the tape. He's like, who? What? What are you saying? What are you saying? You, you had sex with jewels, bro. And they, they just, he's like, I didn't know that. You, you just told me that right now. Yeah. It's funny in, in the captions. I don't know if you, I, I think you had captions on. We both are big caption guys. Cause you know, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't focus <laughs> or something. Um, where our brains are mush. When uh, Fez says jewels, it's J E W E L, like jewelry. Yeah, jewel. not jewels, like J U L E S, like yeah. her name is actually spelled. He so did that in the fun. first episode too. He just yeah. he just doesn't know her name. He thinks it's jewel. <laughs> He's like, it's jewel. What do you what do you have to do with jewel? And then Cal's saying it too because he doesn't really know her name. Yeah, that's pretty fun. He's like, bro, I don't. Nah, listen. He's like, all I know is you guys keep fuck coming around fucking with my business. Your son's a fucking maniac. He's like, I beat his ass because he's a he's a fucking maniac, okay? It's kind of like that moment last week where, or, yeah, last week where even his mom was kind of like, yeah, I mean, our son's a lunatic. Like, <laughs> probably got beat up for a fair reason. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with any of this. I'm not extort. Like, he's like, I'm not drug dealer, dude. Like, that's what I do here. Yeah. I'm not extortionist. Let's, let's be clear. He's like, I don't have I just... any kind of tape. He's like, you rec- <laughs> that was a fun one. He's like, you recorded her? He's like, I didn't know. He's like, you didn't know you were recording? <laughs> It's like, yes. man, you're, what is with you two? What's with your family, man? You're yeah, so that's weird. That's good you, you guys are fucked up. And you know, I did uh, think it was funny when what is it? Fez says like, "Oh, yeah, your son's in love with jewels." He's <laughs> like, "You thought. both, you both fucking weirdo, like in love, like you fuck." And then, oh, and then Faye asks him, "He's like, you guys, like, you guys, like, have sex with people together? <laughs> like, what is <laughs> what's going on there?" And, and then he's actually like, clearly has some uh, repressed emotions about oh, this whole this... situation that he's taking out on Cal. Which, fair enough, but he really gives it to him. <laughs> he really does. He's like, and then Fez doesn't even really try to stop him. He's like, Ash, cut it out. He's like, Ash, he gets him like four uh, more times. Ash, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, uh, he's like, I couldn't care less. And like, because he's like, I'm so confused. He's like, you're confused. I'm confused. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing at my house? Like, 
Yeah, what was the end game of staking out a drug dealer? That's what house? I mean. I don't get it. Like, he did he really think he was going to intimidate him? And then he, again, I really don't think they appreciated that. Like, yeah, then a 14 year old pull a shotgun on you. Once that happens, <laughs> you're in too deep. These are legitimate criminal elements they're dealing with. Um, but yeah, so big fucking. I don't know where that's going now. I it's I guess it's because he doesn't realize that Maddie has it because Nate clearly lied to him, right? Mm-hmm. So we last episode we had that like the very end scene, and then it cuts off, right? And it clearly like either Nate told him directly or or led him to believe or whatever that they had the tape, which wouldn't make sense really when you think about it for a second, because like how would they acquire that? <laughs> yeah, how would um, they break into your house and steal your meticulously arranged tapes? Whereas Nate clearly knows that it was Maddie, and that's why he's going along with Maddie and all this. And uh, it seems like that's going to play out next episode, where Nate's going to weasel his way back in with her, probably if nothing else, just to acquire that tape. Also, he's probably a maniac and does like think he loves her. He's got his own weird shit going on. But yeah, the brain damage he had from getting yeah. But yeah, so I don't I don't know. I what what do you think of that plot line generally? The Fez one or the, the Nate one? The like the Cal Fez Nate situation. It it's all right. It's I don't Cal feels he needs to get involved. Like I feel like he's it would save himself a lot of stress if he just didn't ask his psycho son why he was a psycho. Like Nate is a product of what happened. Obviously, Cal did something wrong and he kind of needs to get you know called out and come up for it. Yeah. But like if you really think about it, he's only doing this because Nate told him that. And they only told him that because he confronted him and was like, "Why? who beat you up? And he's got a weird pride thing. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't have that weird pride thing about Nate getting beat up, reflecting on him because he's a bad father and made his son a psycho a little yeah. bit, yeah. he probably wouldn't be uh, being uh, hit in the face with the end of a shotgun by a 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of that's his own true. doing. It really is. Like That's a good point. Like Really, again, it's because Nate lied to him clearly about the details because while Fez and Jules have both threatened him variously in, in different kind of contexts. Um, they never specifically referred to that shit because, I don't know, maybe they did now? No, I can't even. I guess in, in season one, Rue is like, yeah, I'll fucking tell him. I don't care. I'm a drug, I'm a drug addict. I don't even give a shit about my own life. I'll tell him. I'll tell him everything. But um, they don't have that tape again. Maddie yeah. has it. So that's it's like he really is sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong. And he's fucking with Fez for no reason. And Fez just trying to. Fez just trying to sell drugs, man. I mean, he's just trying to be on that grind. He's just, he's on, he's got the grind set, okay? Can't hit on that. You can't hit on a lot of things about him, but you can't hit on his grind. Indeed. So I mean, I understand why it would cause him stress. But yeah. There's that, de- there's that, like, cutaway where it's like every time he tries to go to sleep, he just imagines fucking blowing his brains out. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, the ceiling. Tough. that's a tough scenario. Pretty full on. He's like, time to go to dinner. And then he, boom. But yeah, let's, let's pivot to, you want to do Cassie and Nate? I yeah, I think we can. I was gonna say something else, but we probably do Cassie and Nate because it just we'll just follow that through line because they kind of all connect. If we kind of yeah. just follow the characters, we'll get to the end. So Cassie, uh, this, is... this this remains the worst one. Ugh, so this continues to be fucking annoying to me. <laughs> I can't stand it either. Like, why is she? She's just so hard to root for. Frankly, I don't know, man. Like, what it is is it's again. It's because she was such a blank slate, more or less, in season one. She doesn't have a lot of goodwill like built up for me so it's like these other characters do things wrong and but i'm kind of like i still want to root for them because i like them cassie i just don't care one way or the other i just really don't it's just there's not much to her and now she's just making very poor decisions for no reason very um, very poor decisions being uh, mean to her friends um it, it, like and it's so bizarre it's like again it's obviously all rude in the fact that she does have like this this 
bad perception of what relationships are and should be, and she's got a weird relationship with men and all that. I get that. Okay, I really do. But even still, it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I still don't want to watch this play out, right? Yeah, like, I, I just don't want to Like, she can have it, but, like, do it off screen or something. <laughs> like. like, especially because she seems to be aware of that, um, because we have those two different points in this episode. So we have the one where she's talking to Maddie, and she does the thing where she, like, gives Maddie advice that's really meant for her kind of thing, right? Yeah. Was... Um, and she's like, yeah, you deserve someone who's actually nice to you and, like, likes you and shit. Um, but clearly she doesn't feel that way about herself or whatever, because she's content to just continue in this toxic ass mess. And then she has that like breakdown in the bathroom that she doesn't actually say, but she was thinking or whatever, right? Where she's like, Oh, you guys shut up and leave me alone. And this is the happiest I've ever been. And it's like, are you serious? This is the happiest you've ever been. Like, like fighting for the scraps of this man's attention is yeah, the happiest in the morning talking about I'm in love and shit. What are you talking about? You're insane. The man barely looks at you. You're fucking, yeah. like, again, I get that that's, like, her thing that she's got to work through, is that, like, but still, I don't, I don't enjoy seeing it. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking cringe as hell, frankly. Very much so. I very much of, agree with that. A lot of secondhand embarrassment watching her walk down the hall being like, oh, isn't he going to look at me today? It's like, oh, my fuck. God, God. It's like, oh, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. and three hours of doing everything. And again, we, I think I said last week, like, I, while that all makes sense, her whole, like, she, she seeks male validation, and that's her kind of character flaw at the moment. That's the thing that, like, Cassie has to work through, is that she's got the daddy issues and all that, and she, she needs the male validation. The, the thing about it, in particular, is, like, why Nate? Like, I get the whole, she needs male, male validation thing, right? They've established that well enough to us, right? Between the daddy issues and the fact that, like, her previous boyfriends have all been pretty shit and all that, and they only wanted the one thing out of her. I, I do get all that. The thing that I just find inconceivable is like, but why is Nate the current target of her affections? Because it's just shown us nothing. Like right? he's not hitting it back to her, and like maybe that's what's working. I guess maybe like being distant like that is is really being a wonders. Yeah, yeah, but it's still annoying to watch because I'm like, you know, he's a shithead. He's been mean to you all season. He. Like, he, he was abusive to your friend. You know he's, like, a fucking, like, actual maniac. Like, he's just unwell. Why him, of everyone, right? Like, and I get maybe it's like, oh, we want to keep it in the show. Like, maybe they don't... But, like, I don't know. It, it would be much more realistic at the same time if they just added a new character or something. They're like, here's fucking Steve. Maddie's with Steve this... Or Cassie's with Steve this season. Steve. Like, all right. Makes Steve enough sense. Makes enough sense, I guess. Instead, it's, yeah. it's... Why does it have to be Nate? Like, he's just the worst. So another weird thing about it is that they just have sex in their parents' house. And yeah, parents while they're at home, and they're just listening, like, very loud, at, like dinner time. She's like, I mean, uh, "What are you to I be mean, in it's their house?" Right? It's like Jesus, man. <laughs> like that's just weird for any. Even if, it, like we say, even if it wasn't Nate, very weird thing to do. Teenagers yeah. don't do that. Teenagers don't use famously the, uh, try to be sneaky. At least try to be sneaky. Yeah, even their parents are home. I kind of agree, but it's like, what do you want them to? I mean, it's their house. They're not. They, don't, yeah. they shouldn't have to leave. You know. Yeah, you go to that motel, Nate. You you can go to that motel with Maddie every week when you were on sus- suspended for choking her out. That's true. But yeah, I, I totally am still with everyone who finds it very hard to root for Cassie and not really on her side because it's just, it's just annoying. I mean, even down to like, Nate gave her an out. He was like, we shouldn't do this. And Cassie was like, no, I'm going to throw a tantrum. No, we I'm should gonna... do it. I really think we should. It's like, why? I'm going to traipse, traipse through this fucking park. Or this fucking construction, un- site. construction site. I'm gonna traipse through it. Chase me, Nate. It's like you're fucking unwell, Maddie. Or Cassie. Get a fucking grip, huh? huh? Get together. 
right. Do you have anything to say up. about Maddie? Not really that much. She's she, bad she with Nate. Up much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a she's babysitting that kid. I saw that coming from a mile away, right? The the little mm-hmm. end of the episode staying there when it was like who was he driving to? He was obviously driving to Maddie. <laughs> With the flowers? I was like, the flowers? Are, those aren't for Cassie. Those aren't for Cassie. <laughs> those those aren't are not for Cassie. Those <laughs> oh, Cassie. Those aren't Cassie's flowers. No, not by a long shot. And I like how even, again, it's it's so, it's so it's so particularly annoying because she's aware of it. Like, like the moment when she's about to leave and her mom's like, you're, you're going to just see a friend, huh? And she's like, Mom, I know, okay? Gosh. And it's like, so you're, you're just aware of, like, this isn't like, solid. Just yeah. not a good thing that you're engaging with, but whatever. Yeah. Do you think that Maddie is gonna physically fight Cassie? Beat her well? Beat her up good um, at some point? I kinda hope not. Cause Maddie'll just probably kick her ass. I mean, yeah. I don't think Cassie's really gonna do much fighting back. And Maddie has been shown to be uh violent at times. <laughs> Quite <laughs> capable. Quite capable, yeah. I don't know, man. She might she might get her the old doman into the hand dryer. You never know. I mean th- that works every time. Few that's, can stand up to a full-on headshot to the hairdryer. That's true. Dryer. That's true, man. I couldn't. I don't know that I would stand up. I, I don't think anyone could. They're classically made of metal and solid. It's pretty hard, man. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't know if they're gonna fight. I think maybe Maddie will like start to fight, and Cassie will just like crumble, and she'll be like, "You disappointment, Cassie." I did think it was very funny when Cassie's dressed like someone. Oh yeah, no, that is good. from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that like, is good. Oklahoma. I, are you trying out for Oklahoma? You mean uh, Lexi's play? My play's on Oklahoma. Oh, well, are you? Why are you just like that? Do I look like that? Well, kind of, are you? <laughs> and then they walk in and they're like, they're like, why are you dressed like Oklahoma? <laughs> She's like, oh, am I do, why do, what? Do I look like Oklahoma? It's like, yeah, obviously. How, do, how could you leave the house not realizing? That's insane. Cassie, look, look at you. Like, <laughs> little house in the prairie, Cassie. <laughs> look at you, Cassie. What are you doing? You're in a mirror. You didn't see that? <laughs> I think, doesn't Matt even say that? She's like, are you, are you serious? Like... <laughs> I mean, come on. One of them, Cat or Maddie. <laughs> so just like, I, I mean, are you serious? Are we, like, come are on, we're all hey, looking at you. I mean, come on. It was so, kind of good on her. It's kind of strange when she's, uh, I mean, it was meant to be when she does that screaming thing and Rue's like, yeah. well, she didn't actually say any of that. It was just something much creepier where she just didn't say a word. She, she looked just stared and just didn't say anything. We had that moment that we talked about where Cassie was like, are you high? And Rue, but Rue, instead of retaliating with like, a, I don't know, are you still fucking Nate? <laughs> she just says like, nah, I just just smoke a little bit of weed. She's like, yeah, and they're all like, you relapse? And she's like, ah, it's just it's just weed, fellas. I just smoking a little bit of weed. It really ties into that thing where it's like, are Rue and Maddie and Cat friends? Yeah, I guess so. I guess they're just friends now. I guess they've been <laughs> friends. I guess they're just hanging out. I saw some tweet about it where it was like, why does whenever. Uh, Maddie, Rue, and Cassie talking seems like a crossover episode. Yeah, they didn't. I, they God. definitely didn't interact as much for a season. No, and they all and they kind of have like different. They have completely different like plot lines and ideas going on. So it feels like they're in different worlds. It does kind of have that effect. Like I think this just happened. You know, this is just the nature of a TV show. But it's like they do all just hang out with each other. <laughs> they don't have like other friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it's kind of like well, we need to go to the bowling alley. Who are they going to hang out with? Well. We can't just have randos, right? We just got to have the characters from the show. So it's Hang probably out with a, each other. It's probably a side effect of that, if nothing else, right? Like if we need if we need characters to be chatting in a bathroom, we can't just have it be randos. It's just got to be the characters. So can't be like Stacy Smith. Yeah, exactly. Eighth period geometry class with Lexi <laughs> talking to her. 
So it's gotta, it's just gotta be Rue and Jules and everyone in there yawning at each other. Moving on, I think since we're going with Maddie doing another friend group uh, with Cat, I she has very little to do in this episode, mm-hmm. and I heard that's like on maybe a little on purpose. Yes, I saw the same thing with like you know how she argued with uh whoever whatever the name the writer, and he was like, all right, cool. have all right, so no lines, and she. <laughs> She, he, she, he actually did what I always threaten as a joke to you. Is that I'm going to cut you out of the episode. You just cut her out of the episode. <laughs> you just cut her out of the episode. And that I the thing I heard is that like this might be for like the season kind of like season. she might have a diminished role this whole season to what she initially would have. What then, like I didn't I just heard the, the like the headline about it. What was do you see anything about what the actual so was supposedly it is that. Sam Levinson gave her a an eating disorder this season, right? Um, which I don't know if they've explicitly said yet, but you kind of get the vibe of it. Like we see all these moments of her in her room, like all stressed out, and just she should just be kind of eating, like just stress like, eating, yeah. like stress eating. Which we have definitely seen. I definitely got that vibe. But again, they haven't named it yet. But apparently, she doesn't care for that, and that's what they were arguing about. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, fair enough. I mean, it's kind of. It. I could. I. I mean. Kind of see where she's coming from. I can understand why, like, she obviously is the is like on the heavier side compared to the rest of the cast. To have her be the one who was just kind of eating disorder would kind of feel a little. Plus, that's kind of they kind of did that to her in the first season when she gets her yeah. flashback with the pina coladas. And again, like, this is still kind of the disconnect that I've pointed out a few times between like it's a new season, but it's supposed to be like the same fucking like it's less. It's supposed to be like I mean, obviously time keeps passing, but. Same school year, like only a couple weeks removed from the season one finale, the season one, the season two premiere is supposed to be, right? right. So it's like, what has happened to her? Is it really just her relationship with Ethan that's causing her all this distress? Because she was in a pretty good place, it felt like. I mean, like she kind of, you know, she kind of had like that, that massive boost in confidence where she maybe flew a little clue close to the sun, right? Mm-hmm. And she was, she, she had become like a bad friend and she was getting into potentially like sketchy situations and all that. And she was, she kind of went a little overboard. She was just being a, just a bad she's kind of like mean like needlessly like again like a bad friend right yeah and she kind of seemed to pull back on that right and she was like you know what ethan i'm sorry i was doing i was being too mean to you for no reason and being all aloof and shitty but like you know like i will give you a chance i'm sorry about that and she was like to her friends like hey guys i was being a dick to you it's not necessary sorry about that Mm -hmm. but now she's kind of like seems to have lost it all again where she's right back to square one where she's like not not super happy with herself, which kind of sucks. But. Yeah, very much so. It's it's just very. I just hope it's not the whole season because yeah, and we're still early on, so yeah. But like, yeah, it was just like weird because she had that one little snippet where she just yeah, she had the one snippet at the the dinner with Ethan's family, right? Yeah, but I was like, okay, you. I that was hard to watch. I was like, cat, you're really fumbling. Just say anything. Like, just you don't say have, anything, cat. Cat, please, just please. I gotta <laughs> say the most, the most basic bullshit will be, it'll, will be sufficient probably. Yeah, just be like, oh, you know, I, you know, I don't. Really, you can say I don't really know, or just say what things you like to do. Just say, say like the things you like to do. Say you like bowling. Say you like pina coladas. <laughs> Why? <laughs> pina coladas. You're all about them. Just, I mean, I'm sure if you said that to her, his white suburban mom in L.A. would love it. Would love you, like, oh, pina coladas. <laughs> yeah, probably, right? Probably, or just lie. Make shit up. Who cares? I, I, I'm just focusing on school right now. Just say that. That'd work. Nervous about nervous about college. You know. Yeah. Whatever the fuck, like just say anything, anything, and it was like, and then his mom's like, "Oh, very illuminating." I was like, "Oh, that's the worst response you want. That's not the what you want, Cat. What are you no. doing? Come on, I'm no, trying to not. help you through the screen, Cat. Listen, <laughs> it's not what you want. You don't want your boyfriend's mom to call you a moron indirectly. <laughs> no, 
say it very illuminating to show the, your true colors. And then the only other one she has is later on when uh, Ethan calls her that he got the part, which good on him. Big up, big up. Round big of applause for the boy. What a king. Love him. What a king. Glad for, you know what, as long as he's having success, none of this actually really matters otherwise. <laughs> this show, I couldn't care about any of these characters. Frankly. So as long as he stays winning, then it's all good to me. Yeah. But so he gets the part in Cassie's or uh, uh, Lexi's play, and then she just doesn't seem to care. She's like, come on, she just hit him with the cool. I'm like, you could just pretend to care a little bit more. Support your man's. Come on, it's not. That's not great, is it? Come no, on, come on, uh, cat. You Support your man's. Just be like, cool, good job, buddy. Nah, nothing. I'm. I'll be like, oh, that's great. That's that's really great. Just pretend you're. I don't know. It's just try a little bit. That's right. Let's talk about Lexi and Bobby then while we're here as well that had a fun moment that thing i love on the show when they do like little fourth wall breaky stuff uh yeah, where was... she pretends she's like a movie director and her life's just a movie yeah. that's fun that's she's a fun like, little moment she kind of has like disassociates she's like yeah I'm not exactly. in it. which is it's kind of interesting i think because i think that means ethan's kind of the only one who doesn't have that kind of not issues but like things going on in the background because it seems like because you know people just that's sort of like a real thing that can be a problem where you like don't feel oh, like yeah. you're in your life which i think i guess is a healthy way to write a play but i wouldn't be surprised if lexi kind of is, is showing lexi kind of struggles more with this stuff than we let on like she might just dissociate when she doesn't want to or something yeah and that mean, can be a problem for people i think that was always sort of implied because like while we didn't focus on her much in season one there's obviously the thing of like you know, there's no reason to assume that she doesn't have all the baggage that Cassie does, or at least a lot of it, right? Like, you know, that was her life too, right? Her dad yeah. also had that all the issues. So, like, yeah, it's her I think mom we, as well. and like, yeah, and her mom as well, exactly. So, I think there was always there was always going to be something there. It's just now that we're getting more out of her this season, we get it, we get it firsthand. But yeah, um, you're definitely right. Like, it's not, you know, it's interesting just visually to see, and like, it's a it's a fun little quirky scene to have, but it's definitely like illuminating as to her kind of mental state at the moment too um but it's cool seeing her like get get some confidence of her own she'd be like hey can i put this play on and they're just like yeah sure go ahead man okay this is high school <laughs> may as well how often though obviously i'm like they didn't like want to read it they weren't like sure i guess let's read it first that's a good point they probably will have to read it at some point to confirm that it's not bizarre not bizarre like rudely sexual the weird the the real thing is going to be is like if this if this culminates like is everyone in her life just going to be like hey cassie or, uh, I keep doing that, sorry. They're just going to be like, hey, Lexi, um, you just wrote a play about us. <laughs> like, is Rue just going to show up and be like, that's me. That, like, horrible drug addict character you put in there? That's that's me. That's me. And her, and her like, Cassie? Very Cassie? Manic Pixie Dream Girl girlfriend? That's me. It's Jules. <laughs> yeah, and then Cassie's going to be like, that that absolute uh, slut you put in there? What the fuck? That who doesn't like it, who doesn't listen to you and is always annoying you and is your sister? <laughs> your, your sister? Lassie the slut? What the fuck? <laughs> Slassy the slut. Weird alliteration to call me Slassy, but why would what you do? The hell? And the then Maddie, and then, but also Matt. But then she writes Maddie as not like it's like a perfect character because she doesn't want Maddie to kill her because she's like actually I'm afraid of Maddie. It's like I loved your depiction of me, Alexi. It was great. And she's like, yeah, but you yeah. did. I don't want you to literally kill me. Like I think that could actually be like a you know real interesting way to take that is like she's she's got all this confidence like I'm just gonna do what I. But then like people are like hey like that really wasn't cool of you to do. Just put us in your play like. We know what's. I mean, we can tell. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. And it, it, it definitely won't be like vague or subtle. It'll just be probably very, not, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if their names aren't that dissimilar. Like, I made the joke, like Lassie. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if it's very clear. Like, oh, who's that tall, creepy psycho guy who your sister's obsessed with? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Who could that be? 
Exactly. He'd be like, man, that was pretty full on when your dad left because of heroin and stole your spoons. <laughs> I, wonder if that, I wonder if that happened in real life. <laughs> wow, I didn't really need to know all that. But it, holy cow. Just, I, I just thought of it. It's interesting that um, Ethan gets the lead because he's also like actually a background character, and that's the whole point of her play. I think yeah. that's probably that's intentional. That's a good point. That's kind of neat. I didn't, I didn't think of it like yeah. that. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool. I love, I love, a, I love a play in a play. Yeah, like I'm a all about it. Movie like a Twenty One Drum Jump Street where they do Peter Pan. Exactly. I love a High School Musical the musical the series. You know. Yeah. I've never watched that. I've never watched it either. I've never. A little controversial opinion. Never seen High School Musical. Oh well, the point of High School Musical the musical the series is that it's a series about uh high school putting on High School Musical as a musical, musical in their high school. That's too much. That's a little much. That's too many much. layers. There's too many layers to that. At least that's that's how I understand. Again, I've never watched it either. I think <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo's in it. Good for her. Good for her. I liked Bobby. I like the introduction. New character Bobby. Lexi's sidekick. The sidekick to the sidekick. Lexi's oh, yeah, uh, stage manager or production manager, whatever she is. Good for her. She Good seems for her. Cool. Seems fun. Like like another uh, normal character, maybe. <laughs> also, why were there no adults helping her? Why is she? Why is it only student run? That can't be true. There's got to be one adult there to help her. <laughs> that's a good point. I do think that there's it's probably a smaller. I've got to mention it's a smaller, like, production, right? Like, we used to do this thing in my school where they did, um, what do they call it? it, it basically, it was like a, it was like fest, or what the fuck, it was like, it was like a whole thing where over the course of, like, a weekend, you'd come in and, um, you would, like, write up and, like, put on a play all within the course of, like, the weekend. Like, there'd be, like, teams kind of deal. Oh. And, like, it was just, it was all student kind of focused, like, and you would just, like, write the play and, like, cast it and everyone, and you'd put it on and, like, I think it was kind of like a contest. I kind of got more of that vibe from it, maybe. Like it's smaller scale; it's just them kind of doing their own thing. So that sounds pretty cool. Though. I never, I might school never do anything like that, but it sounds pretty cool. Especially because they have the actual school play of or musical of Oklahoma going on, right? Yeah. Um, I also saw someone point out like an interesting kind of just detail. I don't know, maybe this is intentional or not, but I personally have never seen Oklahoma. Me neither. I've got to admit. But apparently, in Oklahoma, there's two love triangles going on, and uh, oh. so they end well. So. Very could little could be an intentional little bit of illusion, huh? Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, but that was cool. Us, two of us, famously theater adjacent boys in high school. Oh, yeah. We were stage crew, though. Hold on now. Before you said anything, we were the cool part of theater. Oh, I said cool. theater adjacent. That's It's true. <laughs> we weren't the crying actors. We weren't sobbing because they didn't get the part. Famously, think- um, my stage director, who we both know, um, said that the cast members were just cattle. He's like, the cattle's gonna come on here. You gotta tell them to move. Don't push right through them. If they're in your way, it's not. They'll they can tell them to come to me if they have problems. And I'll set them straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, every all stage crew always got jokes about the about the actors. Oh yeah, it's 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 really it's what it is. Is it comes from like a deep seated jealousy? But you know, that's all right. You got right. a mask it behind smugness and sarcasm. Mm-hmm. You pretend you're cool. Yeah. You'd be like, "Oh, I'm not actually in the play, guys. I'm just, I'm just on the lights." But you know guys. how all the lights work, so it's like, "Well, you're kind of a loser too, my man." I don't, guys, oh, me, you're trying to fool here, guys. I don't want to be in the play. I don't want to be on the stage and get the glory and adulation, <laughs> guys. The lights are all I need. Frankly, it's <laughs> frankly it's cooler. All right, I so want to go when the lights are off and no one can see me and move the props around. <laughs> I want to wear all black. I'm, frankly, my goal is to be as unnoticed as humanly possible. But that's oh, just that's cool, guys. Yeah. I'm like, I swear I love it. I'm all about it. I, I, I swear I'm not crying. God, <laughs> believe I me. I don't want the glory. What? <laughs> what? Who wants glory? I don't want to be noticed and appreciated. 
<laughs> Who even cares? Please, someone care, please. Um, but so right, let's get off our insanity train with the going once per episode. We just <laughs> um, one. But yeah, I did. I did enjoy the little, like they show up and there's like a million people to try out. Like clearly, way more <laughs> successful than like she anticipated, which is good. I'd like to see yeah. Lexi winning. We'd love, you um, know, we'd love to see a girl boss win. Frankly, she needs to. She doesn't need to be talking to Fez. Just, just stick to this stuff, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, that's so it's a weird. It's, it's truly a duality here, isn't it? That yeah. like Lexi's little plots this season are: I want to date this uh, adult drug dealer who's actually not an adult, I guess, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna do a school play. Like, what? I'm gonna write a whole play in like a couple days. What the hell, Lexi? Like, just st- just stick to that thing, maybe. Just you don't need to talk to that whole dr- time. Just don't talk to that drug dealer. He's cool and all. We all, uh huh. We all like him, but like, come on, come on. They should it's edit the deal. first episode. So they cut out Fez, and it's just like a looping image of her typing. Yeah, the whole episode. <laughs> so it's like she's typing the whole time, guys. See, she, the whole party she was writing that play instead of enjoying the party. I just don't think it's gonna end well. No, I don't think anything's gonna end well. I honestly, let's put that out there. I don't know if I, if I, I think I mentioned it, but I'm def, I'm gonna solidify right now, Jack. I think Fez is dying. I think they're gonna kill him. You're gonna kill Fez? I don't, I don't think you get away with something like that, right? Like if they, because here's the thing, right? This show. Like Rue's whole thing, at least. Obviously, there's all the different different subplots, and every, every character has their own struggle. But Rue's struggle is obviously drugs, right? And a big message of this show, at least it tries to be, right? Despite uh, despite whatever Dare thinks. <laughs> Did you see that this week? No, I haven't. Dare Dare spoke out against Euphoria because it glorifies drugs too much. Which again, having doesn't, drugs doesn't glorify drugs. Also, no, Dare, Dare work. famously <laughs> counterproductive program that glorifies yeah. drugs itself. So. <laughs> Gets a lot and of people they, to do they drugs, bring drugs in and show you. They never did that at my school. I felt kind of left out. I yeah. never once had dare period. So really, I had dare for like one year. Then we had an essay contest, and I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I'll win best essay, and I didn't win. But I didn't really try. I did the night before. Yeah, I know that's a famous staple. It's the essay contest. Where is it going with this? Oh, but so despite what they think, the show actually does not glorify drugs, and likes to likes to try at least to show the consequences of drugs, right? Right, and that. Through her drug use, Jules or Rue has like hurt her friends and family and herself, and is is really misstepping, right? So I don't think you can have this show where the message is drugs are bad, and also just have Fez, the drug dealer, just get away with it. I think he mm. needs to face consequences. I really do. And they're really starting to pile up, right? Oh yeah. Between murdering, yeah, between murdering the drug dealer, breaking into that sketchy doctor's house, I really do think that has to come back sooner or later. Now beating up Nate, like it's piling up, like I. I think and holding holding his father hostage and beating him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can get away. I don't think famously in gangster stuff, you don't get away with just like killing bigger gangsters than you. No. Like if this was any movie, we we would be expecting Fez to get whacked sooner or later here for what he did. So yeah. I don't think he's gonna make it, man. Again, I think for this show to like maintain its its messaging, you can't have the drug dealer just be the cool guy who gets away with drug dealing and we all like. Like he's great and all. I like him, but I don't know. I don't think that works, dude. I really don't. I I don't think he can keep doing it. Or I guess maybe the only other alternative is like, like we joked about, <laughs> is that Lexi changes him and he, and he she makes he, him good or whatever. He apologizes to the doctor and the doctor goes, actually, maybe I won't call the cops on you. He goes and gets his, his GED and becomes a uh, straight and narrow businessman. But I, I don't see that happening. So no. I think he's got to face some some street, street justice. <laughs> the best kind of justice. Mm-hmm. So speaking of drugs, let's move on. Let's do the rue. Oh, she's really getting bad. Like, not like bad like Cassie's, but like she's going down the deep end. Oh, yeah. So, 
we start this episode with her gaslighting the absolute shit out of her little oh sister. Oh my! God. I honestly, I saw. I turned off the episode. I was like, I, I gotta take. Hold on, <laughs> I'm not gonna watch this. So she's a little bit. She literally just was like, I was, when she did the slide, I was like, you're gonna gaslight. She's like, step two, gaslight. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> see, Jack. See, this is your fucking problem, dude. You hate to see a girl boss win, don't you? You I, just can't I stand I, it. I got. You, know you know, I get it. You know what? You're right. I I used to get on you all the time, classically about hating to see a. Bossman, I see a girl boss gaslight her own sister for being concerned about her health so she can wow. do more drugs. You would, wouldn't you? That's just a lot about me and the patriarchy, man. <laughs> Indeed. So she gaslights the ever-loving shit out of her sister because her sister doesn't want her to be addicted to drugs um, because of that fine, that time she found her almost fucking deceased because she overdosed in their goddamn in her room. Um, so that's that's sick. That's definitely a cool thing that's, to do to your little man, sister. What a, what a bitch of a sister she has. What I know, I right? Believe. She's really cramping her style, you know? Like, like her 14-year-old sister? 15-year-old sister? How old is your sister? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 13, can't. 14. She's really kind of like a buzzkill, you know? Like yeah, She's kind of like really, a narc. Really Ooh. killing her vibe. Ooh, go tell her mom that I'm doing drugs again. Ooh. Yeah, so that's Ooh. shit. Uh, didn't care for that. Uh, no. Pretty awful. Classic classic Rue moment of getting getting you to just dislike her because she's alienating all the people who care about her. So that's great. Um, and then we when we delve more into this love triangle scenario they have going. So I uh, also I will, say, I will say I don't want to cut mm-hmm. you off, but Jules uh-huh. being shitty again, like, yeah, like season one. She, she really she, is. She's uh, being shitty to Elliot and like really totally like, agree. Totally why? agree. So do you like guys? And he's like, I get sometimes. She's like, so you're bi? He's like, I I don't think so. She's like, well, why? What is it then? He's like, he's like, whoa, can you chill out? I like, why are Very, you so? Concerned? And yeah, exactly. Very strange. And he calls her out on. He's like, you're literally like a trans person. Like, what are you? What the hell are you getting so obsessed over labels about? Can I just live? Like, what the shit? Yeah, he says a great line. He's like, you're, looks like you're trying to like navigate a Twitter thread. Like, what what is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, are you you talking to me like this is a Twitter thread? I gotta, come on. Yeah, she's. I I totally agree, Jack. Didn't love Jules this episode either, and I, I've seen people reiterate similar similar sentiments that like she got that weird moment where she won't tell Rue her body count, even though it's somewhat important to her. And they're in like a they're supposedly in a proper like full on relationship now. She still won't tell her, but she'll tell Elliot, this guy she maybe doesn't even really like at the moment. Yeah, who wants to get with her? Probably yeah. get with Rue. Well, so that's so that's kind of the interesting thing, right? So their love triangle scenario here has developed in in a direction I didn't see coming. <laughs> which is that maybe Jules is got a crush on Elliot now. She she swore that she became the very thing she swore to she destroy. destroy. <laughs> she she's <laughs> only the tip of the love triangle. Or no, she's she, Elliot's the new tip. He's the new tip. It's like a full on love triangle where it's all every direction. This is yeah. this is this is a rare combination, I would say. It's a rare oh, configuration yeah. of love triangles where everyone's trying to get with everyone. Maybe yeah, I don't, I don't care for that either. Frankly, I don't I don't I don't like that. Like. I mean, we obviously we got to see how it progresses, but yeah, the vibe we got so far is like she's got like a crush on Elliot, and that's going somewhere maybe. And I was like, well, that's not cool. Now, in in their defense, uh, Rue is really really goofing up this episode, so I can understand the vibes. All right, I can understand not being pleased with her. So Rue, this episode, in in what seems to be a dissension into mania once again, decides that she's going to go to that crazy drug dealer lady and um, ask her for drugs to deal. So that way she can get the drugs for free because she'll just she'll just take from her own stash. And in, in your immortal, the immortal words, Jack, oh, Biggie Smalls, 
Never, never get high on your own supply. Never get high on your own supply. Rue wasn't listening. She, she, she listen to, She listens to Tupac, but I guess you know. I guess she's a Tupac girl. She wouldn't really fuck with Notorious B.I.G. That's you a know? good point, Jack. I hadn't a, thought of it that way. They had a bit of a feud back in the '90s before both of them were killed, Jack. Uh, tragically, I think you've gotten to the root of it. That's that's very that's this is see this is the analysis you got to come to this show for. Why? <laughs> Just wow! I'm in awe, Jack. That's that's Man. incredible. And she thing, listens. Some, some people go to school for four years to learn about this. I bullshit. know, right? I did, what, did it over what, Discord. What fools! What fools! So Rue listening to too much Tupac all the time. No, no, inexplicably. Why you might ask? Are all these these like teenagers in the in the twenty nineteen? The year of our Lord. Actually, year of our Lord twenty twenty. They're in twenty twenty at this point. Why are they listening to so much mid nineties rap? Who could say? Who could say? They're probably gonna listen to Drake, J. Cole. Oh, definitely Drake. Red. But no. No, they all about Tupac and shit. So she doesn't know you're not supposed to get high on your own supply. So she just decides to get a bunch of drugs from that crazy lady. And that lady tells her that if she fucks her, she'll uh um, sell her. Yeah, sell her into some sort of horrific sex slavery. So that's Or sell her or sell her for her organs. Anything. One of the two. Anything. Yeah. That can't go well, right? This this yeah. is this is a horrible decision. I'm honestly quite baffled by it. I was like, what? It's how, bizarre. How does she even get out of it? Does she steal? Does she help? Has Maybe that's how Fez gets killed. Yeah, may, maybe. That's actually... I, I like that. The, the consequences of this is going to sweep up your boy Fez. Yeah, it's not... It's just as bizarre, right? Like, it. why would she think that's a good idea? I guess she's, like, manic. She doesn't know, but, like... Like I said, yeah, I, I think it is maybe her mania coming through a little. The thing is, it really stood out to me as I was like, who... Who are these supposed like people she's trying to get on board, right? Yeah. And has she spoken to them yet? <laughs> I'm gonna say those people don't exist. Actually, that could be too. I didn't even I think, think she of just that, lied right? to her to get the ten thousand dollars of drugs. But like, if if she is have some people in mind, like if she thinks she's gonna go to Lexi and be like, "Hey, Lexi, you want to deal drugs for me?" I don't think that's gonna work. No, not at all. Right? Lexi's not doesn't want to do drugs, deal drugs. Surely not. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, oh, it's my friends who are all smart and have good GPAs and are well-behaved. No one will think of them. Like, so which friends are those? Like, yeah, like Jules and Maddie and Kat and shit? Like, is she got to get them to be drug dealers for her? You're going to get the people who don't want you to do drugs to deal drugs for you? That'll go well. That'll be a great discussion. I'm sure no one will catch on then. Yeah. Hey, Jules, promise I'm not ju- I'm not doing again. I'm not using. But just, just like, kind of uh, uh, funny question. Would you sell a bunch of Oxycontin for me? Yeah, mm-hmm. and some Molly or fentanyl, whatever I got in here. Um, there's yeah, looked like some some real real hard shit. Oh maybe. yeah, there might be some heroin mixed in. You never even know. They got hey, maybe there's meth. Hmm? That'd be crazy. Crocodile Eat- even some Russian crocodile. Meth. Oh, that'd be terrible. Eat her skin away. Horrific. It is pretty funny that she just has like preloaded suitcases in there, and um, in varying amounts. She's like, you want a fifty k? She's like, ah, maybe fifty thousand dollars is a bit too much. She's like, all right, how about ten? It's like, also that's- bizarre. That Rue dressed up like she was going to a job interview. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's insane. Like, that just shows where she's at in mental-wise. She's like, well, I gotta go talk to this director. I better put on my s- fucking my pants sport coat. <laughs> my pantsuit. Like, what are you doing? What is this, Rue? Then mm. everyone's like, well, why are you dressed like that? Like, that that calls more attention than anything. Oh, yeah. And then uh, she gets all those drugs and then fights with Ali. Yeah, goes to Narcotics Anonymous with them. I was like, "What are you doing?" I couldn't. I couldn't even handle that for a minute. I had to pause the episode in that moment because, like, this is this is just this is just not cool. I thought ridiculous. I really thought for a second there that she was going to start selling them to the NA people, and I was like, "That would just be like a new 
That's a new low. That's, That'd be a that would be some depth. Maybe I don't know, man. Maybe that'll come. Maybe like she'll get desperate at some point and turn to that. But that's just horrific. Like that is inexcusable. Yeah, like that's just a little cruel, even. No, for real. So yeah, I I I really do think this is like her lowest point. Maybe we've seen. I mean, she's had a couple rock bottoms. This like is overdosing, it, but this is yeah, this is next level shit. The fact that she as a as like a drug addict who has nearly died and all this that she's like, yeah, I'm just gonna start selling them to other people now. Like that's that's insane, right? Yeah. And then yeah, Pretty like you said, up. she uh she gets in a fight with Ali, which is very much uncalled for and uh pretty messed up right yeah and calls calls him out oh it doesn't call him out but like they really she hits him right where it hurts yeah like, he's like hey he's like hey I, we're like friends and he's like i i've always been honest like i come on like i you know i don't i take you for what you were i'm not like I'm not i know that you. you're using and shit and i still haven't like cut you out or anything i'm trying to help you but like you don't you don't get to cross that line for me like come on like i'm not i'm not your mom i don't love you unconditionally yeah you can't just treat me like shit like Come on, we we have like an adult relationship. I'm like a fucking person. So like treat me with little respect, and he's like, oh, or what? What are you gonna hit me? Like that was just yeah. Once again, that's, that's like a step too far, right? I did notice in that the way that scene is shot when he says when he like says that before she says it. Hit the only the only part of him that's in the frame is his hand and a fist shaking at her, and she yeah. looks right at it. It does, it does seem that way. Like yeah. So I I, I that last one I think I mean them were all aligned, but that last one. I, I I mean maybe it's just I'm not thinking of the right way, but I think she might have been a little more on the right because you could tell Lee was kind of losing control a little bit because yeah, he like, might have been he was balling his fist a bit. I mean I mean as in day is like 23, but Rue is 16, 17, so it's like yeah, Ali, you are an adult, like you can't be. She I mean yeah. she, you're an adult relationship, but she is a child. You can't that's be true. screaming and shaking your fist at her like that. Like that's exactly. not cool. Yeah yeah that, that that's that's a very good point. Like she's yeah you're the adult, you're the non drug addict right now like it's because he's talking about it. like he knows what's up like he knows that she's in a bad place so you you kind of have to rise above a little bit yeah you can't just sink because like the whole what she was doing is trying to make you sink to her level and you kind of did like you yeah she, he, he kind of lost that exchange because he got really upset and like stormed off and she's like okay i don't give a shit which i yeah. know she's not on the right but at the end i don't think either was he which i think is the point no. that she's like in her destruction cycle she's pulling everybody down around with her yeah to their yeah. worst places that would be. I what if Ali just crack? Guy, I was gonna say, if she gets Ali to relapse, that would be like a that'd be a new new. That would be. That, horrific. that means the only person holding the show up is Jules' dad. He's the last bastion. Ali God. has sadly fallen. Huh. Maybe Jules' dad was right last episode. Maybe she should just cut cut Rue out because yeah, just leave her to her own devices. She's she's on a she's on a real spiral right now. She's on a real down path. She really is. I saw that the actor who plays Rue's mother. <laughs> was getting DMs this week from people like pretending, you know. I I assume they seemed joking to me. I don't think they were. This was like the the bad version of this, where act where people get mad at the actors for being their characters. Um, it, it wasn't like, oh fuck you, Nate, you're a monster. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> but it was like, hey, hey, your daughter's doing drugs again. Come get her. <laughs> hey, yo, Ru's Ru's doing drugs. She's lying to you. <laughs> Come get your girl. That that suitcase was full of drugs. Get her. <laughs> That yeah, that really hurt when her mom was like, "She's doing so well. I'm proud of her." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. that hurts. That really cuts yeah. you deep." It's it's no good. I wonder. Okay, so I guess let's circle back to this. Do you think in that in the moment there when she was gaslighting her sister, even though it was obviously like excessive and out of line, and again, I mean, by her own admission, literal gaslighting. Yeah, that was her plan. It was like the fucking dentist system. 
<clears throat> do you think that there could be some element of truth to what she said? Is that um that maybe she is like in a bad place when she's sober and she has like suicidal ideation and stuff? I don't know. I I really I I'm gonna say no. I think it's not in well, okay. I let me rephrase that. I don't think she's not in a bad place when she's sober, but I don't think that's without the drugs. Like I think that's because of the drugs. Like because she was an addict and overdosed. Mm-hmm. Her, like we said, her body physically is going gonna go through relapse, so she's gonna feel like shit and just like want to kill herself because she doesn't have drugs. But I think if she doesn't do drugs, she doesn't have, like she's not gonna be in that quite place. I know she has all these other like you know bipolar and OCD and stuff, but I think mm-hmm. I think she is just kind of using that and being like, well, I gotta gaslight my sister into letting me do weed. It's like Jesus Christ again, but she's not even doing weed. They're not just doing weed. Like she is doing the hard yeah, shit again. She's, she's doing just all of it, deflecting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. She's really she's using up a lot of the uh, the goodwill of the audience again. She's using um, up all her uh, hour long special goodwill on us. Yeah, I mean, she might have she that was that was pretty rough as was. Really, everything from uh, basically the the like four episodes last season where she was sober, um, and then from relapse on, she's been chipping away at all those. So oh yeah, she's been doing her damnedest to just slash and burn it. We built it up and it's coming back down. We might we might be hitting a new low for Oh yeah. And I've seen people I've seen people point out that like maybe this is like an intentional choice because it's kind of reflective of how unfortunately, you know, addicts are in real life. That like th- this is how it goes. Like as much as it hurts, it's you know, they, they burn the goodwill over and over again until you just can't like, until you don't yeah, have the you're, energy. You're like, I just don't care anymore. It's like you're and, like, gonna yeah, like you know, it's not their fault because, it, but it's like how much you know. At some point, there's only so much you can you can take as a person. Yeah, yeah, like just like they're only human, and that they're kind of at the whim of their addiction, and it's not really them. You're you also are just a human. Like, what do you what are you gonna do? You can only take so much of it, kind of deal. Which yeah, you I think still, you're not like a robot to like pour yeah. everything into. You're just like, exactly. well, I, I this affects me too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. So it's tough. Nice tougher. I don't. I think there's gonna there's gonna be some fallout from this for sure. There's no way this goes well, and she just sells no. it all and has good. Or I mean, maybe she sells this first batch, and then that the drug dealer lady is like, "All right, now you get the 50k, and that's where it balloons out or something." But there's no yeah. way this just ends well overall, mm-hmm. right? I, I, yeah. I or she just yeah, she keeps going. She's like, "I want to keep going. I love the thrill." And then she'll come off the mania, and she'll be like, "Oh, I don't <laughs> have the energy to do this anymore, but I have to, or I'll get sold away." Yeah, that could be. That could be too. It's it's we'll have to see. I I think this is definitely uh, leaning towards the the thing that we said earlier, like at the beginning of this season, that she's probably not going to end the season in a good place either. I don't yeah, know. No. It seems like there's not enough time, even even though we're only on episode three. It doesn't feel like it's going to wrap up in a good way. Where like the end of this season, Jewin rules. Jewin rules. Ru <laughs> <laughs> and Jules will just be like, and and we've fixed it. We fixed and our relationship. And we're the relationship. We're in a good relationship, and we've both worked through our own individual issues, and we're we're going we're going strong, guys. I don't think that's where it's going to end for them, unfortunately. And Elliot is totally okay with this. He's he's over his crush, <laughs> and he'll never worry about it again. Elliot, Elliot might just steal Jules away from her. Yeah. Do you, okay. So this that, let's let's have one one last thing on here. Do you think that Elliot is like nefarious in any of his uh, his dealings here? Because people are saying like they're getting they're getting weird vibes from Elliot that like. Maybe this was his intention all along. Is to he's a bit of a uh, manipulator. He's a bit of a male manipulator. What do you think of that? Do you think there's credence to that, or does he think he's just this is just how he is, and he's just a vaguely like charismatic, flirty kind of teenage boy? I think he's just. I don't think he's nefarious. 
Because like, so either. especially because in the, f- it, it, what makes you think that it's just in the first episode, when a second episode, I guess, when him and Rue, when he's like, Rue, I don't think we should hang out. Like, I don't think, I think we bring out the worst in each other. He doesn't gain anything by saying that. Like, yeah, I, I, Jules, I agree. Jules isn't around to like, be like, oh, well, I got to look good in front of Jules. So like, Jules will approve. So we'll both hang around more. But like, yeah, he, he hasn't met Jules really. So he's nothing to, nothing to gain from that. So I think he's not being, I think he's just charismatic. Also, yeah. side note, thought it was very weird. Didn't like the scene where they're like, all right, Jules, go piss in the road. And I was like, I don't want to watch why, why are we watching? I I'm not watching this. I didn't either, frankly. And no, it seems like that's going to escalate in the next episode, right? The uh, the truth and dare, truth or dare getting the guy going. Yeah. That could be even more uncomfortable, Jack. So buckle on. Oh, go oh, good. It seems like they might be, uh, seems like they're going to be daring each other to do some sexual in front of oh, each yeah. other. They're, they're going to play a little bit of sexual chicken and. Which. <laughs> I'm going to lose chicken. I'll be the loser in that game. Um, I'll be like, oh, I lose, and I'll turn off the episode. Like, <laughs> and then I'll turn it off. That's enough for me, guys. That's enough for today. My, my feels pure, like an, It's time for Puritan Church. I must go. This feels like an intimate moment between the two of them. I, <laughs> I'm going to live to it. I shouldn't be in this room. <laughs> you know what? I'll excuse myself. Uh, All right, Jack. Do you want to jump into the uh, little news roundup I've prepared then? Oh, of course. Let's take that into Star Wars news. So, so a couple... Gonna- couple things jack so um we never talked about the lego star wars the skywalker saga trailer we um, never did gameplay released overview came out yeah we don't have to get too in depth to it but looks good we're excited good. we're definitely gonna play it oh yeah um, i'm zach's gonna pay me ten dollars to buy the extra edition <laughs> just for the minifigure that's um, right couldn't be it's, a it's, a, it's the art of the deal we both really are the deal <laughs> win-win it's a win-win, win-win. i get i get two little blue look blue milk luke action or luke uh, lego minifigures and i got 10 crisp dollars <laughs> and you get the mandalorian character pack so you can play as din oh, i only play as din um yeah it's, it's it's very cool i think something i talked i mentioned to you is like obviously it's a lego game so you know definitely we, we know what we're expecting of course right it is of gonna course. be and while it does see it's it's expanding the gameplay for sure in this in this entry ultimately it's still going to be kind of casual not even kind of i would say very casual and like pretty easy and all it is still just going to be cool in the sense that you can play through games just haven't been adapted to any video game yet movies or movies i meant yeah of course i'm sorry so like this is going to be the first opportunity to play the last jedi in video game form or the rise of skywalker like which is something that i don't i don't know if it's uh i don't know if it's been fully appreciated necessarily i don't know like if this was anything other than a lego game just think about how monumental this would be right a video game where you could play through the entirety of the nine movies in video game form like that's crazy it's it really is quite the undertaking so as much as i've been disappointed by the delays and all can't can't fault them too much no i I mean if if the delays just make the game run smoother i mean i think i think they'll forgive them pretty easily if the game was all up to running that's yeah i haven't haven't played a lego game like that since I could play. I think the last one I really played was at least Star Wars wise was um Complete Saga, which mm-hmm. is obviously a great game, and I'm oh. very excited for this one. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, even just and like the character packs that have been announced and stuff. Oh, yeah, just the, the open world, the ship flying, oh, yeah. planet exploring, uh, all hundreds of hours of content. The number of characters you get to play in as in this like again, this is gonna be the first video game that ever had has Dinjarin in it. It's got the whole Bad Batch. It's, it's like this will be Rebel packs and all this. It's it's very exciting. Um, oh, yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it more when it actually comes out and we're, we're playing mm-hmm. it and stuff. So, uh, segue into that, in other Star Wars video game news, EA announced this week that that 
Respawn is working on three new Star Wars games. Wow. So, uh, Respawn, who has previously made, well, like back in the day, you know, they made like their sounds for like Titanfall and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're a spinoff studio of Activision, I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. I, I want to say they're the same guys who made like a lot of the same creatives who made like Modern Warfare 2 and stuff. Um, and then they they went on to make Titanfall 1 and 2. And then their most recent game is Jedi Fallen Order, right? Right, yeah. And obviously we knew that like a some sequel of some form was in the work there. It, but it had never been officially announced until now. So one of the games is the Jedi Fallen Order sequel the, as of unnamed. It, people are assuming it's going to have, you know, it's going to be like Jedi with some other subtitle, right? And whether we don't have much details on that, you know, as to like who it's going to who it may or may not feature or if Cal Castus will be the same, you know, the main character again, or if it'll be someone mm-hmm. else, or if it'll even be following that storyline or what, but we know it's coming. Um, and the rumor is that it's still, you know, even though we just got the announcement now, the word on the street is that it still might be coming out this year. So that oh, would be wow. very exciting. Maybe they just didn't want to announce the case of delays. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not an uncommon thing in, in video games more than other things. I think is to, is to announce a thing and, and begin the, sort of marketing lead up just oh, yeah, within that, the same year. That happened with um Paper Mario the new Paper Mario game on the Switch. Like mm-hmm. they just all just random day they they just dropped a trailer being like, mm-hmm. Alright, Paper Mario in March and it was January. It's like, oh okay, I guess we're getting this in March. Fallout's done that quite a bit recently. Like uh Fallout four was a was revealed like not even just announced but like revealed for the first time out of anywhere at E three and then came out in, you know, the fall of that year. So like it's not a, it's not a super uncommon thing, and people theorize that we might be getting clips from that at any of the various <laughs> conventions, right? Like right, E three or anything like that, or celebration or some shit. So, um, then they also announced that they respawn is also working on the a new FPS game. So this kind of was a surprising bit of news because, like, just this week, I'd seen rumors that maybe they're fast tracking a Battlefront three because of how much Star uh, Battlefield twenty forty two has bombed. Oh Jesus. Uh, Maybe they're faster on that because I don't know. That, that's like a whole saga, the whole Battlefront Two thing, where it was one of those games that started off poor, but then kind of like over the okay. lifespan developed to a really good place. And then it's, once it was at a place where everyone was like, it was looking really good, and people were very excited about it and all, uh, they dropped it. <laughs> they're like, "All right, we're done." And and in the case of Battlefront Two, I think it really is kind of uncommon because they literally stopped supporting the game at the absolute peak of the player base, right? Mm-hmm. It came out in 2017, and that game, because of all the support they'd done and the updates, and um, they came out with this like new edition that was like uh, it was like cheaper, but also included all the cosmetics and stuff. They literally peaked with their player base in like 2019, um, and then they stopped because they wanted to work on Battlefield 2042. <laughs> and we see where that got. <laughs> oh yeah, all the all the hard work that put in. So it seems like maybe that isn't actually going. No, no Battlefront three, but Respawn is going to be working on a first person shooter of their own. So that, that could be cool. Like I said, they did Titanfall, so like that has more untraditional kind of movement and stuff. So that that could, I think that could certainly work in a Star Wars setting. And Titanfall, even though it's Obviously, it was a multiplayer game. Titanfall Two, in particular, was is like a very, very well received story. Mm. Like that has like a lot of interesting sci fi elements of its own, and um, interesting again, like interesting combat and movement and stuff. So, uh, if they could, you know, transfer that over to a Star Wars game, I think it could be cool. And oh, yeah. then the third one is a strategy game from the developers of XCOM. Um, actually, XCOM. It's from Bit Reactor, who are the developers of XCOM and Civilization. 
So oh, okay. like a yeah. build a galaxy kind of thing. Yeah. So like XCOM is like a mix between like real time strategy and like I think third person shooting. Maybe like that's a little that's like that, that's like a very very real time kind of game. Whereas Civilization is a very very much a turn based um, strategy game. So. I really don't know. I've, I unfortunately am not no good at strategy games. I've tried a couple <laughs> times. I've played Company of Heroes before, and I still have a uh, Empire at War, which is the the older Star Wars RTS, um, in my in my Steam wish list. And I may actually buy it because they they keep emailing me about this Steam sale. So as they always do. <laughs> oh, yeah, they love but, the Steam sales where they just sell triple A games for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> but I. Uh, I'm no good at them, so I don't know. I will certainly get this game whenever it comes out, whatever it's being, because Star Wars. But of course, of course, no promises that I'll be any any good, good at, at it. it. But it's, it's a fun concept. Uh, I, I I do like the idea of it, and especially where Star Wars is at now, because again, the last the last <laughs> Star Wars strategy game came out like whatever, fifteen plus years ago. Um, let me check real quick. Empire War released initially in 2006. So yeah, I don't know if it even has like uh like prequel era stuff in it right i don't think it has like the republic or the they're the confederacy and stuff it's all the you know age of rebellion kind of era oh. so i think if they did one where they expanded it more and they put in like the rebellion and the empire but also like say the republic and the separatists the sequel era stuff you know you can get all kind of factions basically the mandalorians like shit like that so oh, yeah. i think that has potential maybe to be yeah, a, i think so i definitely see the, the booming potential in it yeah, so that's that's cool. Very exciting. I mean, now just real quick, let me run down uh, the updated Star Wars games roster, which is looking pretty good now. Um, I've I've said before on the show that like we're disappointing, but even just in the last like six months or whatever, we really expanded the the potential here. So the Lego Skywalker Saga comes out this year, as does Star Wars Hunters, which we've both obviously talked about. Um, and then the Jedi Fallen Order two game is. Maybe end of this year, beginning of next year. The and then we have the Kotor remake, which we don't know about. The Ubisoft Star Wars game, the Respawn Star Wars first person shooter, the Bit Reactor strategy, and the Quantic Dream Star Wars game, which a little bit more has come out about uh, this month or this week. But uh, still, don't know about that one, Jack. That one might never come out. <laughs> no, it's uh, from what we've heard. It's supposed to come out in twenty twenty seven, something like which that. Is the next consoles, uh, which would be the next end of the console life, because console lives are about seven years, so it'd be uh, yeah, the end of much. that. So, hopefully, maybe hopefully. Microsoft will just buy them, like they hopefully. do everyone else. Uh, yeah, just make a monopoly. Make a monopoly because it. A lot of people are theorizing that that was kind of the the logic behind that is that it was basically a ploy to make their studios seem valuable so they could get bought. And if they got bought and they got a lot more resources than they currently have diverted towards them, maybe it could get. Like, Going better in a, not a million years, <laughs> not seven years, literally seven years. So we'll have to see though. But yeah, and then the other uh, bit of Star Wars news I had was that uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been officially cast in the Ahsoka show in a undisclosed role, and there's been lots of speculation that she could be any number of existing characters. I, I will say, for my part, for whatever reason, when I heard this, I just assumed she'd be a new character, but. Right, of course. I don't. But Star Wars, so it's probably some other. So it's probably not. People say, like, she could be Hera. Jack, do you have any bold predictions as to who Mary Elizabeth Winstead could be playing in the Ahsoka show? I think. I think she'll be Gleb Shitto. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking for. Uh, that's what it's all about, about, baby. Woo! There we go. Uh, but yeah, that should be fun. She's uh, 
Ewan McGregor's partner or whatever. That's so that's something. Well, that'll get all the prequel meme fellas going just wild. So that's that's nice. That's good old Hollywood nepotism at work again. Strikes again. Strikes again. Ooh, got him again. The, the classic bane of our existence, Jack. We classically are waging this podcast is us waging a quiet war against a very raging quiet war. raging against the, the nepotism in Hollywood. And by raging the, against, I mean we go watch all their movies anyways, but then we just <laughs> grr, we shake our fist at them. Yeah, I'll get you. As our hands full of money, and they go, "Can we have that money real quick?" Like, oh yeah, sure, here you go. And then we go, "Grr, Dakota Johnson, you're you're a pretty good actress, but it's mostly because you're Don Johnson's daughter." Grr, <laughs> fucking what's your face, Maya Hawk? Are you a good actress, Maya Hawk, or is it just because you're Ethan Hawke's daughter? Grr, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son from uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's <laughs> son from Licorice Pizza. What are you? Uh, you're dead. Much more than you didn't love me much. He lived heroin. <laughs> 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 Fucking Dennis Quaid's boy, who's in the boys. That's us. That's us all day, all uh, every, all day, every day. And then the last little bit is that, um, according to the most recent Star Wars Insider issue, the Bad Batch season two is supposed to be in uh, spring of 2022. That's that's the date they've given it. Which uh, you and I had a whole little discussion about this, but the uh, the Disney Plus release dates are. There's such a such an enigma at all times. They're very strange. Yeah. And I think I do think that's intentional because it does that thing that we always talk about where you make it so that uh people don't cancel their subscriptions because they never know. You keep them on their toes about it, which is I guess a valid thing, but it's fucking it's gotten it's getting annoying for me, frankly, as a said viewer. Me personally who has I I've never canceled my Disney Plus thing. I probably don't I'm not really that kind of guy to like cancel it between seasons or anything. I don't think that's the thing I'd really worry about. Yeah, I I buy it a year at a time. Maybe I'm just a shill, but I don't know. I think I, I got well, enough use out of it. Are a bit of a shill. Yeah, Both a bit of a shill. That's true, but I don't really mind. So, like, frankly, they should cater to me and just tell me when the shows are coming out. <laughs> just send me a personal letter in the um, mail. Because at this point, it's getting it's really getting wild because we have so many like Star Wars shows and Disney Plus Marvel shows and stuff. And we just don't know dates for him, especially Star Wars in particular, between the Book of Boba Fett and Andor, which is apparently 12 episodes long. Um, the Bad Batch season two, which will be 16, presumably again, Obi-Wan, Mando season three and all this like it's going to add up where it's like there's barely a week in the year that's not going to have Star Wars stuff. But we just don't know when. Like it's some people to speculate that right after the Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan maybe might Obi-Wan might just come out. Yeah, because there's and then. Right after that, just fucking lead right into and on Andor, and then after Andor, just right into Bad Batch. I think people are saying Bad Batch is summer, so or I'm sorry, Andor is summer. So it, it basically, I mean, we know that like some something's gonna come out on May the fourth, right? Yeah, something's gotta come out, presumably. So so far on uh, Disney Plus since its inception, they've never missed a uh, May the fourth, right? For like a release date of a new Star Wars thing. Now, to be fair, there's only been two, but still, it doesn't still. seem like something. It seems like something they would stick to. So the question is not if something's going to come out on May the fourth. As much as the question, I guess, is are we going to get anything from now between now and May the fourth? Because the only other, like the only Marvel thing we have between now and then is Moon Knight, which doesn't come out until the very last month of or the very last like day, right, of March or second last, like very very end of May or March. So like. Potentially, if they want to keep everyone around, you might want to fill in that gap because it gives people an uh, opportunity, basically, to, to cancel for a month if they're so inclined, right? Oh, yeah. Just wait for Again, they have so much content. Like, what are they spreading it out for? Because that would leave, like, that would do the thing where, like, the 
you know, Star Wars leads into Marvel, then leads back into Star Wars kind of thing. But if you take out Moon Knight, if you say you're not interested in Moon Knight, that means that the gap for Star Wars would be from, you know, mid-February to uh, beginning, of, beginning May. of May, which is which is pretty significant. So mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not invested in Marvel, then like you really think they would want to corner that uh, side of the market. So I don't know. I guess I'm crossing my fingers for that because I just think it would be cool if <laughs> Obi-Wan just came just out of nowhere and surprised us. Uh, surprise Obi-Wan. Apparently, uh, Andor and Obi-Wan have both been like done, done in the can since end of last year. So, oh, geez. Basically, they, go. they could release them whenever they feel like it mm-hmm. seems. So, whereas obviously, like Mando season three is still filming like right now. So, I don't know. It's weird. I got to imagine Bad Batch is, if not, if it's not done like just quite yet, it's definitely on track because, as I said to you off, off pod, like animation is always, they've always been consistent and, and, good with their output they never really miss a beat with that so but yeah that's, that's the star wars news roundup jack that's that's, a, that's, that's pretty star good wars news roundup yeah a lot, a lot of stuff to be excited about if you're a big corporate shill so just like we are naturally we're we're overjoyed <laughs> overjoyed just absolutely overjoyed well i gotta take out of that into a good old section well my little corner uh jack science corner so uh, as of wednesday there's an article in Energy Graphic and some other sources from a marine mammal uh, scientific journal, uh, specifically the Journal of Marine Mammal Science, uh, about uh, orcas found to be killing uh, blue whales again, or for the first time ever, the largest animal in history. So recently off the coast of Australia, they found two uh, groups of orcas who are geographically very far apart and genetically different enough that they're like, these are two separate groups acting independently that are just hunting blue whales and eating them just to have fun. What yeah, is the, and is there any like uh like consensus here as to like why like is this do we think this is reflective of some kind of environmental distress or no actually quite the opposite yeah in fact yes so first off before I answer that question this is quoted as saying this is the biggest pred- uh predation event uh, on the planet it is the largest apex predator taking down the biggest prey huh so yeah, so we uh, the uh, the um, co-author Robert Pittman of this article, the study that did this, went on to say we don't have dinosaurs anymore. So for me, as a whale biologist and as well, just it's an amazing thing. So this is just like the biggest thing that can hunt things, hunting the biggest thing that can't be hunted. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I knew that. I guess it makes sense like to think about, but orcas are the the largest predator on the planet. Yeah, largest apex predator. Okay, which I think I mean they're probably is the key. Are, if they're bigger non-apex predators, probably not. But I think I think apex because. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, like, I like for land, orcas are obviously like big, they're obviously way bigger than like. Or well, how do they compare shark. to like a great white shark? Oh, they're bigger. They're bigger, right? How do they compare yeah. to like? I mean, I guess what what about them giant squids, Jack? What's up with those? Those aren't apex predators, um, right? No, they're. I don't. I don't know. They're not because they're hunted by sperm whales. Because apex predator means that oh. nothing else hunts them. No. Oh. Because like nothing naturally will hunt don't a those, lion. Do those giant or a leopard? Do those giant squids kill blue whales? Does that happen? No, they they fight sperm whales and they 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 battle it out underwater. Okay. Does anything predate blue whales like at all? Is this like um? Well, it's believed that orcas originally hunted blue whales. Uh huh. Like that was their original source of food because they're so massive and because orcas are so big. But due to whaling in like the eighteen seventeen hundreds, because blue whales are like endangered, they would like they didn't have a lot of, enough food, so they were hunting smaller things. And now it's believed that because we haven't whaled in like two hundred years. They're starting to recover in like a, oh. in a big way. So the workers are like, oh shit, we can just do what we've, we're supposed to do the whole time and hunt these guys. So that is that is the opposite of distress, huh? 
Yeah. Nature's recovering. We it's, were it's the healing. real virus. Nature is healing. <laughs> we were the real virus. Wow. Well, that's kind of nice. Just a couple yeah. of whales going at it. You know, or, yes, I know. Jack, Jack, I know. All right. You call them orca whales, right. don't you? Jesus fuck. No, I just call them orcas. Well, yeah, but other people do. No, they call them killer whales. It's wrong. They're orcas. They're porpoises, Zach. Jack, you know I, know, I was porpoises. literally in the, like, if you recall, if you go back and listen to the tape, I was, <laughs> I was just about to qualify my statement with, I know they're not whales, Jack, but then you cut me off. Well, I wouldn't let you because then there's proof. Right. Now I can, there's probably my ability that you never said that. You were never going well, to. Well, there it is. <laughs> but that's fun. Good on them. Yeah. Good on. I, 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 frankly, are... I think the blue whales have had it too good for too long. So <laughs> That's true. Also, orcas, kind of scary. Very oh, scary orcas animals. Are terrifying. They eat moose they'll, eat, they'll eat people. Yeah. If you stand close enough to the water, they'll just grab you and eat you. Free Willy was, a, was a godless killer. And we don't <laughs> talk about it enough, frankly. No, we don't. Uh, fun fact people don't know about, another little science thing, I'll add a little orca fact. Um, they are the natural um, predator of moose. I was just saying Because that. moose, they eat moose swim sometimes. down to the water and eat the vegetation, and it's deep enough, the orca just eats them, which is insane because moose, very big, <laughs> very big like, animals. almost nothing else eats moose. Yeah, the only thing that rivals a moose is a grizzly bear, grizzly which bear. also mm-hmm. very big and scary animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, also got a cool family guy. Nature, very scary. <laughs> Pretty scary, yeah. Polar bears are also godless killers. Or, or grizzly bears, polar bears, they're all the same. Um, all bears. Bears are just godless animals. Actually, we won't get into this again, but maybe grizzly bears and polar bears are the same species, Jack. But, I mean... I mean, they, I mean they, they, there's, there's, a, there's a good chance they are because of bottlenecking. There's a bottleneck event that probably brave rise of polar bears. But I'm not, I'm not doing that. All species are made up. We're not, we're not doing it again. We, we do it all the time. <laughs> they are made up, though. We're just going to leave it at that. I, I, I guess kind of, to an extent, but I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Alrighty. That, so we'll probably we good wrap it up right on. here. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. That's J A Z and Akatechjazz at gmail.com to email us with any questions, comments, concerns, hot takes, or theories, or even requests if you really feel so inclined. You can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Amazon slash Audible. Our logo was done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find them at inkocean.jpg on Instagram and on Redbubble. And our intro, as always, was done by a friend of the show, Artist Celery Salt, who have an album out in June. More information when that comes out. And as always, you wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Good night. Godspeed.